Back when I used to have a Canadian, uh, it started out this way a lot of times also. But now I have this new co-host. It starts out like this. Look, he's stretching. That woke him up. at Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. And welcome, everybody, to our Daily Gun Show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight, way past this puppy's bedtime. And uh, we talk about guns. Right now, it's for about an hour. Maybe it's two hours. Who knows? Let's see how long it goes. We have a bunch of invites out there, and we'll see what happens. But let's take that apart. It's the Daily Gun Show. That means we go live every single weeknight at midnight Eastern. And this is episode 1520-something or another. So we've been doing this for quite a while. The intro I played today, the old, uh, what I play, Ninja School, I think. Or no, that was Ninja. No, that was Ninja School. Uh, that's Bob back in the days of maybe episodes hmm, 900 through 1200. Uh, Bob was doing some international adventures, and uh, we got some of those clips from the highlights of those years. Uh, but we've been doing the show for a long time, every single weeknight. So we don't follow the trends. We've got some ambition with this show. We have some uh, direction on Mondays. It's motivation. And that's what we'll be talking tonight. Uh, we go live because we value the interactive nature of this internet. You know, we're not putting stuff out in a magazine, although if I could. We're not uh, putting stuff out as produced videos, that's for sure, because we're not trying to program nothing. We're not trying to just to offer an opinion we're trying to create a place for conversation and discussion so we do value the people that are joining us live in fact if there's any people out there djs out there welcome Rory joined us and worthwhile fun is out there as well if you're out there how would we know unless you're clicking on something to use the tubes to let us know so feel free to let us know 
uh, the puppy pays attention and brings people up on the screen. And I've got lots and lots of links out there. We'll see if people join in tonight to have a conversation. Let's see, we go live and uh, we do it at midnight. So the reason we do this show at midnight in the middle of the night is we value the people that are over open. There's up right now, the night owls, the uh, night shifts and the uh, overnighters and uh, all the stuff that gets done. So we like to give them a live show that's of value, not just a, a repeat or a replay or some kind of infomercial. This is a live conversation. And our goal is to make it better and better all the time. Again, for the people that are up right now, working, doing stuff, or maybe driving, delivering stuff, or maybe just up, hanging out, because it's your, uh, your night person. Okay, so with all that being said, thanks to the people that make it possible for us to do this. We do this with the help of Patreons, people that subscribe to what we do. There's a little scroll at the bottom. We don't have commercials. We're going to probably start having some commercials at some point, but uh, no commercials as of yet, and that's been because of those subscribers. So uh, if you're interested in being part of what we do, then uh, check out Patreon. It's a way you can subscribe to things you value. People putting out content. There's people putting out books and comic books, music over there, of course, podcasts and radio shows and television shows, probably. So things that you might find of value, things that you think should exist, you can support that by investing in it. We do appreciate the people that do. All right, with that all being said, uh, that's given us about six minutes of introduction here. We do that live instead of pre-recording it. I suppose I could pre-record it and it would sound a lot better, but I mean all that stuff. We, we do this for a reason. Uh, I'd drop everything that I'm doing and turn the show on at 9 p.m. my time right now in Arizona. But that's midnight on the East Coast. So we do appreciate the people that are joining us live. Tonight, let's see what we're chatting about. I have a, uh, I asked the robot to throw me some, some words. And let's, I didn't even read them. Let's go see what the robot right. threw us for words tonight. tonight. Let's see what we're so we have three questions to start off the show. This is episode number 1526, by the way. Oh, I see DJ's got a pink donut over there. Well played, well played. He's a uh, member on the YouTube side. And whenever I set that up, I must have made a pink donut from the Gun Show Loophole Tour 2016, one of the levels and i didn't even remember and dj's attained that level so he's essentially got free pink donuts anytime he wants them uh you can just take your screen walk into any donut place show it to them and they're obligated by some kind of youtube contract to give you a free donut let's see so the first question is are you ready to talk 2a tonight and if i can figure out how to just say ask uh, everybody that's on the gun on the gun websites you the gun websites YouTube channel side, uh, you get a chance to answer that question. Are you ready to talk to a tonight? So uh, look what I did. I made a show started off the show here, and I didn't even get even close to looking at if I had anything to drink. I need to uh, go get something to drink. So here's what's going to happen. This dog's going to entertain you, and he sucks at that. And there's a lot of people that have told me I shouldn't have a dog as a co-host, and I shouldn't even have a dog on a gun-related channel. But uh, maybe instead of showing you that dog, 
we will, didn't they have some kind of commercial over here? Oh, I do. Here's an adventure movie that me and my dog filmed a while back. I think that might be the best commercial fill-in ever. Now he's so exhausted that he's just laying here after being exhausted by watching himself in that movie, that adventure movie that we filmed. A lot of other channels have dogs that are just there for show. I challenge this dog to step up to fill an, at an adventure slot in the co-hosting responsibilities. Let us know if you think he's doing it right with that or not. All right, so the first question, um, let me drink some of this coffee that I just created. Oh, that's horrible. That is not good. If I had interns or a decent co-host, I'd have hot coffee. All right, so uh, um, if anybody says anything, I will pay attention over there. Otherwise, I'm looking over here to the poll are you ready to talk 2A tonight? So far, we're having an overwhelming yes. And I'm going to go ahead and end that poll for stark contrast. And we'll just take the results of that poll and contrast it to the results of this poll, which is going to ask, are you prepared to 2A this year? Right? So anybody can talk 2A tonight. That's easy and convenient, low cost, right? No, uh, no barrier to entry there. But are you prepared to 2A this year? That takes some investment, some time, right? That's going to take more than just a commitment this, this evening for a temporary amount of time or for this issue that might be on the table tonight, just like this dog. It's a big, fat mushroom burrito. On the table tonight, there might be an issue on the table tonight that bothers you. Once you get itched or whatever, you leave. You scram out of there. So we're going to put that one up for a bit. We'll see if we get six votes on that one. Um, Gunmetal guy is saying you wish you could fall asleep this fast. You'd have to be going around being bad all day uh, a lot and get exhausted being bad all day because that's what this dog does he goes around being bad all day so we got a vote for no actually i think we got two votes for no or i don't know how many votes i think we got one vote for no right now so uh it's interesting is that somebody being honest or somebody trying to do something right but uh and then, of course, the next question that comes after this one, and you can vote this one in your head because nobody wants to see the results of this one. Are you 
uh, 2A for the long term or will you be 2A for the long term? And that's the question. On Mondays, we try to talk about motivation and uh, what it's like to be an activist because far too often everybody's content with welcoming you into the group. Hey, everybody, everybody's happy. Woo, woo, woo. Have any trouble, have any problems? Hey, man, that's on you. You know, hopefully it works out for you. But ultimately, if you don't stick around, what do they care? They got people streaming in the front door. So I don't think it's all necessarily to our advantage to have that only dynamic. So let's talk about how we can keep people around for the long term. And maybe if that's even a thing. So feel free to leave some comments in here. You're part of this show. I would be talking to the people that I invited tonight, which you know, I'm not out and nobody, but I, out, I, I, I invited a bunch of people in the middle of the night with no heads up. So, you know, I just do that in case people are awake and they want to talk about topics like this. And I gave them the computer words. So, you know, that might have scared some of them off, too, because I don't even know what the computer words even say. But uh, assuming we could talk to them, I could talk to this puppy or I could be talking to the person who's on the other end of this. And you can type into your keyboard. See, this is a keyboard. You type into it and then tubes and I see what happens on the other side of the keyboard. And that's how it works on the internet. So uh, you've got more votes for no. So that's either FBI agents who are attempting to, to uh, mind-splain you, uh, state-splain you, which is like mansplaining except for the state, state-splaining. Uh, so you're going to allow ETF agents to state-splain you, or it's people being honest, and they're not interested in 2A for the long term. Or maybe they're just sick of it already, and they're about to 2A quit, you know, 2A get out of Dodge. Uh, that happens. Wish I could say it didn't, but it happens all the dang time, over and over and over. Uh, let's see, Amory is jumping in. Just bumping in. Uh, still sick, sorry to hear that. That puppy is cute. I've heard that said before. That's why we put him on for the views, for the clicks. And because he's useless, because otherwise he doesn't even really, doesn't do anything. They ask him to cut the lawn, he doesn't do it. Try to get him to sow patches, he just lays there. Uh, he'll eat stuff. A lot of times if things fall on the floor, he's the one you want to talk to. Like a piece of food falls on the floor, you're going to want to bring this dog into the mix on that kind of discussion. All right, so uh, that's the three questions. I went over to you know, my best friend, the AI, and said, what's up with this? What did I ask it? Let's go see what I asked it specifically. Uh, let's see, we asked it. A 2A advocacy challenge is how it summarized it. I said, create a video description for this concept. Are you ready to talk 2A tonight? Question mark. Are you prepared to 2A this year? Question mark. Will you 2A long-term, question mark? And here's what the AI said. <clears throat> this is basically the description of this video. The Second Amendment of the United States guarantees the right to bear arms. Okay. It's keeping bear arms, but whatever. Robot. A topic that remains highly debated and discussed. We're doing it right now. I don't know if we're debating it, but we're discussing it. This video challenges viewers to consider their stance on the Second Amendment 
and how they plan to advocate for their beliefs. So I guess, am I challenging people who don't advocate for the Second Amendment? I don't really intend to, but I guess if that happens, what am I supposed to do? Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Worthwhile Fund says, I'm in it to win it. Do you want a link? I don't know if you're awake right now. I should be uh, offering people links in the middle of the night if they got work to do tomorrow, but uh, you're welcome to join in. Uh, Worthwhile Fund says, I'm in it to win it for the fun times and the long since that's what it takes. Uh, let's see. Eagle Run is saying, what's up? What are we talking? Pretty much... Uh, the first three questions in the description, are you ready to talk 2A tonight? We did a poll on that, and most people are pretty much unanimously ready to talk 2A tonight. The next poll is up there right now, and we're getting a difference in opinion on that one. Are you prepared to 2A this year? I guess you could say for the rest of this year. And uh, we're getting some people that are not ready to 2A anymore. Or I should say anymore. Should I, is that adding too much? They're not ready to 2A going forward. And then the question that has yet to be asked, will you 2A long-term? And that's the question we're aiming at. So essentially, I went over and asked the robots for their opinion. They're always right. And uh, we're reading the description right now. So then it says, uh, this video encourages viewers to ask themselves three key questions. Are you ready to talk 2A tonight? Inviting individuals to engage in productive and respectful conversations about the Second Amendment. Are you prepared to 2A this year? Encouraging viewers to take action and advocate for their beliefs through voting, participating in peaceful protests, right? And other stuff, and contacting their representatives. It's such a weird, limited amount of things that it's given us. Uh, Finally, will you to a long-term asking individuals to consider their commitment to upholding Second Amendment in the long run? So it's actually pretty weak also. This video aims to promote critical thinking and respectful dialogue surrounding the Second Amendment while also empowering individuals to take action and advocate for their beliefs. So if you're ready to talk about the Second Amendment, take action and commit to your beliefs, then this video is for you. That's all weird and redundant at the end there, but that's what you get when you ask a robot to fill in the words because their co-host won't do it. So uh, I'm going to go in, and since we don't have humans in here, I'm going to use the robot as a uh, an electronic buddy, and I'm going to ask it. Essentially, I'm going over to the robot, and that answer that I just read right there, I don't like. So I'm going to say, what are we saying here? We're going to say... Um, the video challenges viewer to consider their stance on the Second Amendment and how they plan to advocate for their beliefs. So I'll say expand on options for the 2A activist to take And I'll just see what it says there. So here it goes. Certainly, there are several options for the 2A activists to take in order to advocate for their beliefs and support the Second Amendment. You can contact your representatives. Um, Emory is saying, 
the robot, at least it wasn't left-leaning. No, it wasn't actually. It has been on other things, but it's getting different and it is learning. So, uh, or I mean, it's changing. I don't know if it's, I mean, it is getting different. So I don't know if it's attaining something or if it's just getting to a middle or what, but you're right. It didn't uh, come out too anti at all, actually. I'm going to give it a thumb up now that you mentioned that. Give a little feedback. Uh, Eagle Run says, I've been hanging out on Twitter some this week. These types just regurgitate some stuff. I feel like there's a big gap. And it's just wrong and bad. Here's my take on that type of stuff, especially the um, celebrity talking heads. Honestly, on both sides of it, uh, but particularly that particular dude. Um, they don't need to be right or wrong because they're inflammatory, because they incite, right? So all they got to do is get out and shake their fist, and they're going to win. They're going to get funding for their side and their people who are strong advocates for, you know, against guns, let's say, guns, gun ownership and gun possession. And they truly think that if you remove just one dangerous item from society, that society will get safer and less dangerous. So the people that are going to advocate on that side need a focus. So that guy could literally come out and just stand there and they would back him. So I think that there's a little bit of that. He has to come out and exercise that. And he does that when he feels like it or when he can exploit the situation or when he's told to, whatever. But then there's also, if they're going to do that anyway, and they know they're going to get a certain amount of gain from their side from doing that, then if they do it randomly at us, they get something. If they do it with an intention for us, they get something. Like if they're trying to push us around or do something or get something out of us, or if they just want to mess with us and count coup. And I think they get a lot of whatever jollies from doing that or they accidentally count coup once in a while. Like they think they're doing this, but they're doing this. So in other words, sometimes they're just going to do stuff to gain because they can. They're going to wave their arms around and they're going to make money on their side. So why not wave their arms around? They kind of have to once in a while to keep that mechanism going. That happens on our side constantly. You should be sick of that already. It's disgusting and it doesn't need to happen. That's the old fashioned way of doing shit. Then there's the people, uh, like I say, that are, well, I'm not going to get into it, I'm myself. But I think that's that dude. That's uh, as much attention as I'll give that guy. Well, let's see, I'm hopeful that if I could talk to someone, I could uh, be an advocate and possibly change minds, but there's no chance via Twitter. I don't know. I've heard that actually myself. I was going to um, think about responding to a, message i saw over there i respond i follow a writer over there a guy that is one of the podcast hosts that i watch but like on twitter he's a writer like an investigative journalist or something and he was saying something like there's no point in having comments on twitter or something like that and in my experience now no one joins this show anymore for whatever reason maybe i send them bad links i don't know but uh we have some really engaging conversations in general in the live conversations and in the comments, at least for me, the comments are over here. The live comments in a good live show can be very constructive. Oh, I think I'm losing internet. 
they can be very constructive and they can inspire the people who are live. They can inspire the people that come along later and experience it. And then the people that after experiencing it act, and then, you know, they get the repercussions from that. Maybe should bait someone on a live stream. You know, it's all about the, the thing. So as soon as, so essentially, you know, you go on Twitter and you do the same thing that people expect on Twitter, then expect what people expect, right? Go on Twitter and, and be calm and you know, have a conversation. You're going to find people that want to have calm conversation. At least that's the way I understand it. They're, they're, the mechanisms are designed to bring people around that you're interested, that are interested in what you're doing. And as long as you're putting out something that you'd want to be part of, then you, it should attract. This is my internet, and I'm pretty sure I paid the bill. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm one of them bouncing bills back and forth kind of things, and I'm pretty sure I'm good to go with it. But it's also windy, so maybe it's just the wind. Maybe the wind blew my my check away from where it was supposed to go with the cable place, whatever. I tell this dude pay the bill. He says yeah, yeah, and then this kind of stuff happens. So I don't know. Let me check his pocket, see if he's got checks in there. Okay, so um, glitching around there. Sorry about that. Debate somebody with a live stream. I mean, that's a thing. Again, I think if you have a civil discussion in a live stream. Oh, here, here's, let me talk some real. So uh, I don't know, Eagle Run. I think we've talked in a conversation before. I'm trying to remember. Like you joined into somebody's chat before. We know we've got some live, some new people in here, and we've got at least Woods and maybe DJ. I think DJ remembers this guy I'm thinking of. But we had some people that joined. Oh man, I'm gonna say 2020, 2020, 2021, somewhere in there. There was some people that joined the group, and they were eager, and they had a lot of valid, interesting perspective to bring to the conversation, and. And they had some very calm and rational and thought-provoking live and presented videos. And then I think they expected more return on the investment, the time spent or the 
you know, they expected to get a little bit more like, boom, you're bringing a different perspective and it's of value. And I think they didn't get what they wanted and they left. But, um, you know, if you're going to, I'm just, I guess I'm trying to say, like, if you're going to do something a little bit different, have realistic expectations and don't expect something different to then have the best possible uh, results as if you followed the biggest recipe. So if everyone wants chocolate cake, and of course everyone wants chocolate cake, but you're going to make chocolate raspberry cake with strawberry icing. Well, that ain't chocolate cake anymore. So it's possible some people are going to like it, but don't expect that it's going to become the popular favorite of all desserts, right? So, and, you know, until it's been around for a while and it's had the Pepsi uh, Coca-Cola wars, you know, for some time, and then it comes in victorious and that becomes the new norm. So I think a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to add my little spin to the chocolate cake and they expect everyone to go, oh, I don't like chocolate cake anymore. Now that you could just put raspberry floof on it, I'm only eating it that way. You know, that just doesn't happen. Some people go really nice and I'm going to have this more often than not, but other people go neat. Now I know it exists, but you know, I might never even eat it again. And you got to realize that, that you can put stuff out there and it can be valid and of use and it can help inspire and motivate others. Trust me, it help inspire and motivate others, but uh, I guess have real expectations and don't, uh, don't expect it to have better results than it can. And even if it has low results, it's that uh, you're, you're, you're giving somebody some influence and they remember that. And then maybe even later, and maybe even they take that experience and give it to somebody else. And that person does something with it. But uh, it's that whole each drop doesn't, uh, as I say, no drop thinks it's responsible for the flood. Uh, when we do stuff, uh, you don't have to stick around forever. But uh, don't expect outrageous expectations or unrealistic expectations. And then I think hopefully we'll see more people stick around. Anyway, so I kind of went off on a tangent there, but it was an opportunity to kind of adjacently address something that I've been wanting to bring up on one of these Monday shows. And since nobody's in here, I'm talking to my uh, co-host, sleeping co-host, then uh, that's what's happening. All right, so... Uh, Worthwhile fun, I think, in regards to that said, try advocating outside social media. Have a conversation with your state representative and or state senators or, or senators' offices. So wait, hold on. Have a, a conversation with your state representative and or senators' offices. See how that goes. So, yeah, you have state representatives for your own state House and Senate, and then you've got your, your national senator and your national representative so is that what you mean have conversations with the state and national or are you saying both sides of the state i mean either way i guess you can take the advice how you want to take it but um yeah i mean i see a lot of people who have uh, a lot of satisfaction i think that's the word from having those conversations and it's that easy right um, I find that politicians go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they know you. I mean, they're only getting so many people. They'll go into a town and how many people, 30 or 40, might come up and go, hey, I care about something. 
So it's not that hard to keep track of that many people. That might be 30 or 40 every time somebody shows up, but how often do they show up? And that 30 or 40, probably 20 plus overlap, right? Most of those people come up every time and say, Talking to, oh, you're in Massachusetts. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Debate versus conversation. So both DJ and Woods have links, but of course they don't join in. Um, debate versus conversation. I'm going to use that to bring up that thing. I'm use this whiteboard again. Let me uh, make this a little easier to deal with. There we go. Now the whiteboard is a little easier to see. So let's say, uh, I think Tony Simon brought this up at uh, Gun Rights Policy Conference 2018. And if he didn't, this is gonna be a reenactment with Tony Simon in there. So he says uh, something to the effect of, if you're meeting somebody halfway, there's about halfway on this dog, then all you're doing is walking up to the property line and you're shouting your your opinion you're shouting hey this is what the butt's like and this guy's like hey this is what the head's like right but nobody knows nothing so if you go over and meet somebody you know go more than halfway you see it from their side now you can go oh i see what's going on you go over here and you look back you go oh, okay i see what's happening from over here stand in their shoes see it from their perspective right spend a little time on their side of the line you don't have to live there. You don't have to agree with it. Now you can come back. Now you can understand why it is they're having the objection. And it may not be what you thought it was from your side. And he didn't exactly say it that way because he didn't have a little fat dog poke around on to say it that way. But I think that's a big difference that what we get is a lot of people who are satisfied to walk up and just state their position in different fancy ways, eloquent ways, you know, outrageous ways. You know, it's like fencing or something and watching people fiddle is neat. It's sporting, right? It's, it's, it's an observation thing. But in reality, strategy is understanding and eliminating the actual battles in the first place. The DC project is a excellent example of that since we're all, uh, thinking like a book of the five rings recently. So um, debate versus conversation. Yep. If we had people in here besides this uh, sleeping co-host, he is awake. I mean, he is alive. If you look, he, if he was dead, he wouldn't be able to do this. See, he wouldn't be able to adjust his head back down. He would have just fall down. Um, also, I guess I could hold a mirror up to here. Look, if he was dead, I wouldn't be able to open his mouth. He would just leave it open, right? He closed it again. So it's probably not just reflex. All right. So uh, solid 2A legislators, uh, spoiled to have mostly solid 2A legislatures in Missouri. I feel for those with the more uphill battles. I don't know. I wonder if uh, I'm assuming... See, here's the thing. The DC project is one lady from each state. So if this dog, I'm use this dog as a whiteboard. If this dog was this, the country, here's Maine, big head is Maine, Vermont and New Hampshire, 
Massachusetts. This is where Anne Marie's at over here. Uh, you got uh, whatever this is, Ohio, Florida, right? Somewhere in here is Kansas and Missouri, Louisiana. Nobody's going into Texas because it's gross. And then Arizona, it's right over here, right? So uh, if this dog was uh, the... Uh, uh, where was I even going with that? It was the state, then, uh, hey, where was I going with that? Oh, then the DC project has two ladies. So two ladies in Maine, two ladies in Virginia, or wait, Vermont, two ladies in New Hampshire, right? There would be Virginia down here. Two ladies in West Virginia over here, Pennsylvania, right? All these different states, two ladies, wait, one lady in each state. Sorry, I have to go back and do this again. One lady, one lady, one lady, right? So that's 50 ladies all together, though, that represent all these different states. Sometimes when a country falls over because everybody stands in the northern states looking at Canada, then this happens. But anyhow, they all get together occasionally, and they come to Washington, D.C., and they hang out with the representatives at the national level, and they normalize guns for crying out loud. First off, they're ladies, and they're coming in in a response to the moms who demand, right? The grassroots organization that's created by the 14th richest person on the planet who hired the marketing lady from Monsanto who had accomplished whatever she did with, with Roundup, pet spray, or you know, what was it, weed killer? Right, he hired the lady who had done Monsanto's roundup thing and said, act like grassroots and go around and pay people to put on t-shirts that miraculously are brand new and come out of nowhere. Uh, take photo ops at angles that make it look like you've got a lot of people that show up at these photo ops and uh, you know create a, an AstroTurf uh, roots uh, organization and demand stuff like uh, the state control of force. So in response to that, a bunch of ladies got together and show up to those representatives and change the face of gun ownership because they're showing up again and to respond to those engineered AstroTurf ladies. They're showing up with messages that are diverse and comprehensive, like all around the thing. You think about competition shooters, think about all different age groups, you think about all different parts of the country, you think about all different types of ability. Uh, you think of all these different ways that they like to take people and separate them and segment them. And the DC project represents those segments of the population, taking a message of education over legislation. So instead of the state taking the monopoly on force, Instead of that, leave that out of the equation and let's talk about how do we make people, one, aware of safety with firearms, right? Safety and guns in the home, safety with guns in the community, safety with an accidental gun that's left by a criminal, right? Even in a world where some kind of crazy fantasy where they can magically remove all guns from society. You think a criminal isn't going to create one and drop one somewhere where a child might find it? So education on how to be safe with any dangerous item instead of artificially removing that one from the from the list so the ladies are out there you know doing that they're they're normalizing uh guns so um when you talk about the legislators 
uh, not being uh, friendly or whatever. Um, I was wondering if since you all get together here, my whiteboard is stretching. He's rude, right? He's supposed to be sitting here. But let's say all the ladies get together once a year and they go to, did I mention they all the ladies do this at the state level also? All these different state level ladies are happening also. But once in a while, they all get together and they come to DC, right? I think you're all doing this in a mad dash. Like you're all having to get to DC, do your thing, and then book book out of there because of cost, time, and that kind of thing. But I'm wondering if you get an opportunity to do some after action, uh, some, some, what's the word, like calculated or structured or um, scheduled uh, reconnaissance of what you, what we're able to accomplish. Because the five group, the, as I understand it, they separate into groups of five and then go out and do their their work. But I'm wondering if those groups get together to report to each other so that they get an understanding of what it's like or if that gets delegated to be reviewed to be like done, everybody does their own video and then people that want to review it can. But I'd like to be, uh, or I'd be curious to see what, what kind of results come from that, mainly because then I'd be curious to see what the results are, right? Like, what is it like when you have to talk to these representatives who are anti, these representatives that are pro, right? They're not all in it for the same thing. Some of them are like this dog and they're just in it for the peanut butter crispy treats. Look, he's sleeping. Now all of a sudden who's awake? Oh, well, I'm not really that tired. You think about it. See, just like a politician and the way that he is ready to wake right up for a peanut butter treat. Um, so anyway, I'm just curious if, uh, you know, these politicians, if there's something we can learn from that, is there something we can gain? And if that's the case, you know, I guess this all started from long-term versus short-term gains, satisfaction, motivation, you know, longevity, um, knowing that the politicians have a time frame, an expiration date. How fun is that? So we're going to be talking about a couple other things today. I'm already 43 minutes into this. One, my whiteboard keeps moving all around. He's really stretchy. I noticed he's really stretchy. So if I were to try to use this as a, an actual literal state map, I feel like it would be a very stretchy map. But uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to chat about today was the um, kind of the, some, oh, I was going to start a uh, Friday show because a bunch of stuff happened on the reload over there. But uh, we're not getting many people jumping in so maybe I'll leave that to be but um, uh, okay I lost that one too did you see the DT ladies behind Florida governor uh, for permitless carry sign in uh, yeah I saw that actually so let's take a look at that so what Worthwhile Fun is talking about here is a photo op that was um, obliged, I guess, is that the right word, from uh, the Florida governor, who I'm sure he's got some kind of, what's the word, like, you know, list of people that would love to have him uh, 
take a photo op, you know, with the concealed carry signing. Was that this morning? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that was this morning. So uh, at least as we're recording this, I am looking for, I just have to go back. See, this thing doesn't necessarily, I don't know if, does Instagram still show you what you already looked at? I guess I'll just search for the DC project. I was searching, I was just going backwards through um, my feed, but like I said, I don't think it'll show me everything. So I'm going to just uh, bring this screen up over here. Nope, how about this, like this? There it is up there. Anyhow, so there's a photo op with Diana, and I'm guessing those are the state reps from Florida. And again, this guy probably has quite a few people who would have loved to have been able to stand behind him and get that photo op when he was making this particular signature. NRA is one of them, right? So first off, congratulations being able to get a picture with something like this without some NRA rep standing there uh, taking credit for it. And that's the thing that happens, but you know, it happens. And then, uh, uh, but, but yeah, just getting a chance to have a specific uh, DC project uh, photo op, that's awesome. Peanut butter rice crispy treats. Now there's some kind of dollar store peanut butter treat, but they're uh, non-GMO, so that's important to him. He doesn't like to eat GMOs. And it's got trace minerals, so there's a bunch of rocks in here. I'm okay with that. It's made out of rice, some kind of bird. We won't bring it up in case somebody's watching. Uh, oatmeal peanut and peanut butter and roasted peanuts and molasses no wonder he likes it it's like candy and then uh peanut oil rosemary extract and it says mixed or preserved with mixed tocopherols that's the only thing i don't know the word is tocopherols but otherwise i don't recognize everything in there it's just all normal things so and I think it says made in the USA somewhere out here. Why are you getting so excited about? I don't know why you would get so excited. I'm, I'm just talking about this sack of crunchy peanut butter treats that somebody on the internet asked about. Probably cooked in our USA facilities with the finest ingredients. $1.99. You might be interested. You might be asking yourself, all right, fine. $1.99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mainly USA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a bunch of peanut butter in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the little puppies like eat. That's the real question. Here's the deal. Come on. Here's the deal. First, you got to ask the dog, hey, look, do you mind if for the podcast we do a test where 
you have to eat a piece of biscuit that I got out of this bag. And then you want to ask the puppy if it's if he understands the question. I think he I think he's okay with it. So hey, here you go. He ate it so fast a little piece fell out of his mouth. He has problems with that sometimes. But yeah, see, he likes eating. We did a show earlier where people were able to remotely feed him little pieces of peanut butter treat, and he uh, successfully ate all of them. Right now he's going to be interested in getting more of them treats. All right, so then uh, worthwhile fun to see him. We filed reports for... I don't know what that means. Some kind of meeting as we went from one to the next. Oh, we were we filed reports for each meeting as we went from. Thanks, you're answering the question from before. Sorry, looking at the dog guts. That's what he looks like after you feed him a treat. He's kind of satisfied, but then he's immediately interested in the next treat. Uh, so worthwhile fun said we filed reports for each meeting as we went from one to the next. The DCP board likely met and went over it, but the entire group did not. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense because that would also take a ton of time. So that's what I was kind of curious about. Um, yeah, very cool. So I can't even imagine the amount of effort and work on that being done there. Hold on. Hmm. That's what he looks like after he eats something. Kind of looks like he got punched in the face mixed with he wants to go back to sleep now all right can you sit down can you mind sitting down for a while um here's what i was going to say about the uh, dc project and the whole um i forgot where i kind of started with this whole thing but i think it had to do with uh when you said when worthwhile fun had said um that you're spoiled by having mostly 2a legislators pro 2a legislators or solid to a legislators, I think I said it. Um, the ladies with the uphill battle, I don't even know how to describe that because you're right. If you're not having an adversarial relationship with the uh, people that you go to these testimonials and meet with or uh, that are uh, part of the, in the realm, I guess, that you're dealing with when you meet with people, then I guess, but the thing is you, 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 the DC project is designed that the groups of five are intentionally, I understand it, intentionally designed so that you meet people who are good and anti, uh, open-minded about firearms. And so you're going to get some experience, but yeah, I guess it's not the same as living in a place and living under the jackboot of tyranny or whatever but uh um i guess what i'm saying is the ladies that are dealing with that that are on the in those states are doing that as volunteers they're doing that because they have some sort of uh, a core mission to do it or a reason to do it that uh um you know gives them the motivation but as far as I'm aware, none of them are like independently. So he ate his little peanut butter biscuit and now he's going back to sleep. 
So uh, uh, none of them are just super wealthy, right? So they're doing this on their own time. I say this all the time and on their own time. So they're either working or, you know, taking vacation or again, retired and taking time away from other things they could be doing uh, or something else. Student maybe taking time away from doing things they could be doing, preparing for doing things. And uh, not that they are necessarily looking for compensation, but I think it would be so easy to uh, enact some sort of a Be There Bloomberg campaign or project or uh, uh, system where gun shops could be aware of their DC project rep, keep in history, right? How hard would it be to have a little plaque on the wall like the same way you would for a, a baseball team or a shooting club or, I don't know, somebody who hits the bullseye at the range or something or a perfect score at the targets or something. Uh, keep track of who the DC project reps have been. I mean, it started in 2015, so it's possible to know every DC project representative. I could make three or four clicks and I'd be at their website and I'd be looking at the about page. And if they don't have a history there, I do over on, on uh, Minuteman University. I have, uh, I think, at least a, maybe three or four years worth of uh, the years I was keeping up with uh, the state reps over there so you could archive you could find uh you know the state reps and for any gun shop in any state and then going forward champion the the reps and when they need to get to dc for something help them get there now it could be simple as fundraising which is always a worthwhile effort in capitalism we either expect the state to do stuff for us or or uh what wealthy billionaires it's ridiculous we need to know how to utilize the systems of distributing our own resources when necessary to do things that are necessary and we become a stronger entity when we can do that so how to practice that how to get better at it or how to get better at it you practice how to practice it get the dc project ladies places if they need to travel they shouldn't be paying for that if they need to go to a hotel it should be a nice hotel so they're not thinking about it so that their needs are met and they're able to concentrate on whatever it is they're uh, uh, there to do and uh, they do this at the state and the national level so it's possible that again people may have uh, resources or know people who have resources that are in the places they're going so maybe that's a, a rental place or maybe it's a a place that they can get together and eat or something, or maybe it's a, a club where they get their own room to meet up after and, and have that reconnaissance after their event. Or maybe it's just shuttling them all around. Uh, all these things I'm sure uh, could be offered and then they could incorporate it into their plans or whatever. Uh, so anyway, that's something that I think uh, is worth championing. Championing and think about the, um, if you're looking for something to do in the community, these ladies are already doing all the work. You don't even have to do any of it. You just have to help them do the work. Just find out who they are, go to gun shops, go to manufacturers, go to ranges. I guess ranges, it's a little tougher unless it's a range that you pay membership for and they're looking for ways to, uh, you know, keep their rights and keep their members active. But gun shops are going to be interested in this because it is keeping their uh, rights secure. And it's a great way to motivate a, 
a customer base, I would think, to uh, champion the DC project rep. Uh, maybe if it is arranged, maybe what they could do is offer all the DC project rep ladies, or maybe every lady wearing a teal, legislate over or educate over legislate t-shirt, uh, some kind of free range time or something like that, free targets when they're at the range. I don't know, be creative. And that's a way to have real life effort, real life realization of uh, a goal. You know, like you want to do something for 2A and you're frustrated because conversations online seem to go nowhere and you don't see an immediate reaction. Well, I beg to differ. There is an immediate reaction. People either see your bickering and bicker or they see your bickering and quit, or they see your bickering and change the channel. So there's something, and that does happen. And it's none of them are good or bad because some people you want them to change the channel. Like some people need to get the hell out of here. Some people need to quit because maybe they, they're, they're done. Maybe they're, they don't have a good message. Maybe they've, they should have retired a long time ago. Maybe they're too young. They need to come back when they're ready. You know, other people, uh, you know, need that motivation. Sometimes uh, something, you know, can be that. So, you know, you know, you can look at this in lots of different ways. And since I only have a sleeping puppy to talk to, I'm essentially talking to the wall. So I will uh, close out of here and go look at the results of that question I had asked the robot earlier. So this is all a massive tangent from uh, asking the robot the original question and then asking it to expand on options for the two-way activists to take. So thanks again to Worthwhile Fun for the uh, comments there. So good chunk of the show has been reacting to those and then some of the other comments over there. But now I'm jumping back to the AI. If you look over here, I'll wiggle the AI. See them wiggling the AI over here? Don't get scared. It's just peeking at you. It's right there. So I'll bring it back over here so nobody's scared. I'll just pet the puppy. No AIs. Just a regular puppy with no AIs in its eyes. See? Regular puppy eye. All right. Certainly, there are several options for two-way activists to take in order to advocate for their beliefs in support of the Second Amendment. One, contact your representatives. It's almost like we've talked about that a bunch already tonight. Second, join a pro-2A organization. Hmm. Well, I guess. Next, attend rallies and protests. Interesting. I wonder why they put protests in there. Is there any 2A protests that you're aware of? I'm not. Um, we can dig into that one if people are interested. So far, nobody's really said anything in what? 11 minutes, so I suppose I'm sitting here by myself. Uh, I'm not here to blab. I am blabbing because I got nothing else to do. I'm waiting to see if anybody shows Well, actually, at this point, I'm not waiting to see if anybody shows it. I'm going to finish reading this, I guess, and then we'll just end it. Uh, so attend rallies. Yeah, perfect. I think we'll do more shows on that in the future because it seems like uh, not enough people appreciate what power rallies have. That First Amendment right to assemble means a lot. People that talk about those boxes, the soapbox is what you put up at a rally and stand on and talk to people, right? Uh, let's see. So rallies, 
I wonder why the AI said protest, though. That would be a whole other show. Number four, though, the next one in the list. Wesley's out there. Good evening. I think it's just the two of us at this point. Uh, educate others. What? That's mansplaining. What? What? Uh, many people are misinformed. So anyway, and then the fifth one, vote. That's boring. Nobody likes voting. So I'm going to say, could you offer, I'm going to say, 12 more reasons. Is that the right word? Let me double check. 12 more options. There's the wrong word. 12 more options. Know what I'm going to say? Could you offer 12 more creative options? That's how you work the AI. It's all about just talking to the AI like it's your best friend. Sure, here's 12 more creative options for two-way activists to consider. Listen to this, puppy. One, create social media content. What? It's almost like we're doing that right now. Two, start a blog. I could not agree more. Robot is dead on with that one. If you are doing anything, you're already doing a blog. Just go put it on Substack, and now it's technically a blog. It's so easy, free, and it's like a, it's like, if you were to put down a bunch of those peanut butter biscuits, then this dog would follow the path of peanut butter biscuits. Putting down blog posts is how you get nerds to pay attention to what you're doing because they can only read things because they're nerds. So write a blog. Also, the computer spiders, like if this dog was a computer spider and your blog was the peanut butter biscuits, that's how you get the computer, the internets, to pay attention to what you're saying. So definitely start a blog. Post a Second Amendment forum. Let's just say I have seven years of experience with that one. One million views a month. I think we did pretty good at creating a giant place for people to hang out. We can have conversations about that sometime. Start a petition. Wow, that's new. What do you think? Start a petition. Is that a real thing? Or is that just the robot making words up? Organize a fundraiser. That's an interesting one. The next one, create art. Come on, man. The next one, volunteer. Hmm. That's interesting. All of these have uh, ex have more elaboration behind them, but since nobody's in here, what uh, worthwhile fun is still out there. Thank you, by the way. Um, I am uh, not really reading all the explanations here. So Billy Up is out there also. Good evening. Uh, let's see the next one create educational materials well i've been doing that one for a while but that's a great idea i don't think you the internet can get enough uh educational materials essentially memes uh infographics um vis data visualizations uh everybody sees things differently everybody's brains interprets them differently and we're trying to get messages out there that whole educate over legislate so any effort you put into that is helping get other get the message across to others you know you can have the best whatever in the world and if you do it in the color that somebody hates they're not going to look at it you do it in the shape somebody that can't like or doesn't like whatever not supposed to like they're not going to look at it you put it in the wrong you make it the right shape, the right color, you put it in the wrong place, they're never going to find it. So since one person can't do it all, we're better off with everybody 
trying. And what happens is evolution. People see your attempt and go, oh, that's interesting. I never thought about doing it that way. Or they go, oh, look at that person tried it this way. I'm going to try it. Oh, wait, if I do it this way. So be part of it. No drop thinks it's responsible for the flood. So I like that one. Create educational materials. Uh, the next one, write letters to the editor. Once, once, I'm pretty sure it was back at Gun Rights Policy Conference 2018. AMCON, and it might have been in GPRC or it might have been the same guy did the same thing twice with the same message, but that person who was old and bald, if I remember right, said use the editorials uh, strategically, use them tactically, and I can't remember who that person was, but and somebody, you know, if Smeggy was in here, he might remember that. Rokal's got an invite. He might remember that. He was at 18. That one was in Chicago. And, uh, yeah, um, it's actually the first time I've heard that one said in a while. But uh, that's something that some people use as a tool, and they use it often. They're, they, you know, it's their thing. But often they're just doing it for their own shits and giggles. Like they're doing it to poke at an editor. They're doing it for their friends or whatever. But uh, people don't share that stuff. And that skill set, that strategy, that tactic is something that, you know, if 10 people are doing it, isn't it better than just one? And if 10 people are doing it, shouldn't 100 people be doing it? And what would happen if 1,000 people were doing it? I just got done reading Book of the Five Rings. So thinking tactically happening but nobody's jumping in what's up so is this show too late now am i doing this at the wrong time is it because of this puppy i've been told by highly paid uh, strategists that if uh you put a dog in your social media content especially gun related stuff that it's it's a no good thing and you're you're ruining it so maybe this dog ruined it i don't want to blame the dog but since people don't join in i guess i have to blame the dog all right we got three more the next one is host a movie screening. Host a, I got to read the description on this one because this one is outside the box. Host a screening of a pro Second Amendment movie or documentary followed by a discussion. That's actually an interesting, interesting idea. You could fill in the blank with play a video game. I could make this dog play a video game and then people would not be able to get enough of that. They would go, look at that dog playing a video game. Oh, no. And then we could talk about 2A in there. So Billy Up is saying everybody loves dogs, or they should anyway. I tend to agree with that. I'm okay with people liking cats. However, I will not have somebody tell me I can't put my dog in my gun-related videos, especially when my dog is my co-host, especially. All right, so the next one, number 11, is... Organize a Second Amendment rally. Does anybody remember a guy named Never Enough Ammo who also has a link to this chat and doesn't jump in? I don't jump into his chats either, so I, I can't blame him. Um, that dude back in, does anybody remember what years it was? It had to be 2015. It was before organizing rallies online was cool. But I think it was 2014 maybe 15 might have been 14 that dude got uh, got the gumption to 
start a rally. And then that turned into people making rallies all over the place. And then, then it died out. And then somehow that inspired. So one dude kind of got everybody riled up. And then a bunch of people kind of got some going. Some of them got going. Some of them happened. Some of them didn't. But that stirring, like that stirring echoed. And a couple of years went by. And then 2020 happened. Does anybody remember how many rallies were set up to happen in 2020? If all the craziness wouldn't have happened in March of 2020, we had something like eight rallies before March. We had something like 21 rallies scheduled and I could debate anybody all day long because I think there's an actual splash that was made in 15 or 14, whatever it was that Matt did his big rally thing. And there was a massive kickback against rallies back then because rallies were being pushed by people who were anxious and had short-term memory of the consequences of what grassroots did versus Obama's executive actions. And it was in response to the pistol brace bullshit. So they were a little bit 2A, like a little bit too much, not just a gun rally, but like, hell no. Like, you know, it was before all the sarcastic shirts and bullshit. And uh, maybe it spurred off more than that. But uh, yeah, I remember those rallies uh, or what, could have been or became or was close to being rallies ended up having uh, being used as it, when rallies were organized and not organized years after. Anyway, it's neat. If anybody was around back then, you know what I'm talking about, but pay attention to what you're watching today. You're very rarely are you watching something that's never happened before. We all know that, right? History repeats itself. So it's a matter of how recently it happened and how many people watched it happen last time. There's a lot of ways that we, we cycle through and people come and go. So like that bark on the tree, I was just looking at something with the tree rings. Tree rings. I was watching something and they were showing tree rings. What the heck was I watching? Anyway, they were showing how, uh, how old this tree was. You know, back in the day, they chop a tree down and put the put a, a slice of the tree up and show you it was that tree had started life uh, in like 1700s, no, 16, 1500s, 1400s or something like that. And, you know, it was cut chopped down in like the 90s or something. So it had gone through a lot of history. Anyway, um, so you know, things come and go and uh, got a bunch of people saying they are voting for the puppy. Roy is asking what pro 2A documentaries exist. So the uh, robot had suggested that we host a movie screening of a pro 2A Second Amendment movie or documentary. That's a good question. What 2A documentaries exist? I'm going to take that question and ask a robot instead of trying to come up with an answer myself. That's a great question. We do have a poll going over there. I remembered to, or I noticed, I remember we had the poll going. Um, are you prepared to 2A for the rest of the year? 
at this point, only 79% of people say yes. So is that trolls or is that people that are truly saying they're sick of 2A and their 2A has gone expired? So now I'm asking the AIs. It can be your best friend too. All you got to do is pay for it. Uh, what pro 2A documentaries exist? And it says there are several pro... Oh, man. There are several pro-Second Amendment documentaries that exist, some of which are Innocence Portrayed, documentary produced by JPFO, the Jews for Preservation of Firearms Ownership, explores the dark history of gun control and how it's been used to disarm citizens and facilitate genocide in various countries. I believe that one is available on YouTube, so we'll grab that real quickly, like, over... I'll pop open a new window. Does anyone know about JPFO and their crazy marketing? It's a 57 minute long video. And here is the full length one from something called Liberty First News. So I don't know what that is. I'm going to try to find jpfo on here first interesting so i just don't know this channel so it's on about six different channels this one make sure i'm going to send you to some weird channel or something get the video and we'll uh, play it. I've got the, um, well, you've never heard of JPFO. Uh, Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership started in 1991 or something like that. Um, and they have a, a very in-your-face marketing uh, thing for uh, making people aware of how heinous gun control is. Uh, in an era when people were going to gun shows and getting things sent to them in the mail, uh, they did flyers, pamphlets, stickers, like bumper stickers and big, cool stickers that they could give away or sell cheap. And uh, just did a great job of marketing Second Amendment awareness at a time when you didn't have an Internet or any kind of infrastructure at all. So uh, just amazing job of getting uh, very pro 2A. People act like other organizations are in your face. Nothing is as in your face as the JPFO. They are the most adamant about gun control is fascism and are straight. All the facts that you see, actually, everything you see that cites the atrocities of governments is data from JPFO. Uh, uh, stuff. Roll call saying very aggressive. Yeah, definitely like big bright letter or big bright 
signs and bumper stickers and big black letters, like just really good stuff. I really liked it. I've been a life member for a long time. Unfortunately, um, the founder uh, passed away a while back and now it's a sort of a piece of Second Amendment Foundation and it just sort of exists, but it doesn't really do anything. All right, so the second one, that was Innocence Portrayed, and that's one of their videos. I have all of their stuff. So, um, in fact, I got way more. I got a bunch of stuff from Jeff Knox, uh, who gave me a bunch of stuff. So I have a bunch of stuff that I just haven't had a chance to do anything with. But Jeff Knox gave me a bunch of stuff from his dad, and there's a lot of JPFO stuff in there, old videos. They're DVDs of VHSs. You know what I'm saying? They're cool. Um... So the next one is uh, Assaulted Civil Rights Under Fire, a documentary from the Second Amendment Foundation. Sorry about that. A Second Amendment Foundation that addresses the history and significance of the Second Amendment, as well as ongoing efforts to undermine it through gun control legislation. I don't know the year on that one. Uh, the next one is... Uh, no Guns for Negroes, a documentary that explores the racist roots of gun control in America and how gun laws have been used to disarm and oppress African-Americans throughout history. I'm almost positive that one also comes from JPFO. Uh, let's see. This one says Good Guys with Guns. This documentary examines the role of armed citizens in preventing and stopping mass shootings and argues that responsible gun ownership is a crucial component of public safety. I don't know if I've seen that one. So uh, sounds like it could be a title of a JPFO. My dog is now melting. See, I keep this little thing to keep him like contained, but he will, he's like a bunch of cheese. Like it's like a burrito with cheese in it and then the cheese melts out and gets all over. So that happens all the time. Uh, Second Amendment, America's original Homeland Security. Documentary explores the history and significance of the Second Amendment and how it was helped to secure American liberty and protect against tyranny. I don't remember that one either. Um, this one's interesting. Guns and Weed, The Road to Freedom. This documentary examines the relationship uh, between gun rights and drug legalization and argues that both are essential for protecting individual liberty. I don't know who produced that one. That one sounds interesting. So I'm going to say off uh, list again with dates and links. And then the robot says, sure, here's a list of pro Second Amendment documentaries with dates and links where available. So you're welcome. I have links to all of this stuff. Nice, nice. All right, so let's get into it. Innocence Betrayed, 2003, produced by JPFO. Uh, Assaulted Civil Rights Under Fire, 2013. No Guns for Negroes, 2014. Um, oh, and also they tell me who directed them now. Good Guys with Guns, 2016. Uh, Second Amendment. America's Original Homeland Security, 2017. And then the Guns and Weed, 2012. So interesting. 
and pretty much they're either all on Amazon or YouTube. I'm not going to link to them because the, the links aren't always right, and I don't know what it's linking to. I don't know what these things are, what channels there are, or something like that. All right, so I think he woke up again. Feeling like me fiddling with his feet. One of these days, I'm going to keep fiddling with his feet, and then I'm going to get in there and trim his nails when he's not thinking about it. Neil Knox was right about Wayne. What did he say about Wayne? Uh, let's see. DJ still don't have a copy of the book. You talking about Neil Knox's book? Let me put it in with that T-shirt. Uh, John Knox has a ton of info and his testimonials on Capitol Hill are extraordinary. Yeah. Okay, so you guys are just talking about the NRA and stuff. Okay, so then now we're going to go back to, because I forgot about the whole point of this video. We're an hour and a half in, but whatever. So uh, if I go back to my channel, I can look at the, the uh, thumbnail of this thing. So if we look, can I jam it up behind him? And you just can't see it. But the uh, thumbnail of this video has two things two two parts two things of symbiology 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 the first one is florida is now constitutional carry state number 26 constitutional carry state number 26 somehow that's controversial i got to drink some coffee here and we're going to take a quick break Talk about a show we do on Saturday with Tony Simon and Clover Tack. AskGunQuestions.com is a website that we built back in 2007. And since then, for the last 15 years, people have been able to ask questions of simple to advanced nature. And we attempt to answer them in different ways over the years. Join us now as we start a new series to answer gun questions. So that happens on Saturday afternoons. And if I ever remember what time to do it, let's say 3 p.m. Eastern, but I don't know if that's the right time. So I try to do it at one at noon, my time, and that can be at a different time. You know, at the show we do on Sunday, uh, Saturdays with Clover and Tony. All right, so symbology? Yeah, thank you. Gunswater saying, back after Cincinnati reforms, Wayne turned on Neil and split the organization over Wayne's lies. Neil tried to warn the members, but Wayne was too slick. That's when uh, they hired, um, over my cold dead hands, the guy from Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, dude. The original Planet of the Apes. Roll call is saying a majority of the country has some sort of constitutional carry. Damn straight. So 26 states. So first off, what the hell is up with these people that want to call it permitless carry? These people obviously carry nine millimeter around. And if they're going to pet this dog, they're going to do it like this. 
because that's how they do things. Because what the hell? Permitless carry. So blah, 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 you can't open carry there. You, guess what? You never could open carry in Florida. Big whoop. You could get a you could get a concealed carry permit in Florida back in the day, and because of what's her face and other things, you have you have permits all over the country. And guess what? Still no open carry in Florida. So why? Because Florida farts around not worrying about it. They only half-ass worry about it. Uh-oh, I said it. So uh, they don't have open carry. Who cares? Texas didn't have open carry for a long-ass time. The open carry is is a, an accessory to everything else. And, uh, and it's easily obtained once other things are already in place. So uh, complaining about open carry is just looking for things to complain about. And probably done by people who wish, who are sitting there wishing their state would have been number 26. I said it because guess what? Nobody's in here to say nothing. Co-host doesn't care what I say. And I can be controversial, so I'm saying it. Uh, what other platforms are we on? Right now we're on the Twitter, so you're welcome. You can see this puppy on the Twitter. A lot of people, highly paid. Uh, Web experts say I shouldn't put a dog on my streams. That's probably why I don't have any viewers because of this dog. But uh, just the Twitter. Sometimes we'll go on the, what's that purple one? The Twitch. Sometimes we'll stream to guntube.org, which is one of the better platforms out there. It's one of the most secure places to stream to. And it's just more most uh, real because it's a video hosting platform based in South Carolina, made by shooters for shooters. So if we have just one place to stream, it would be guntube.org. And then sometimes YouTube, sometimes uh, we'll take the stream once it's rendered into a video and shove it up onto gunstreamer.com, U-G-E tube, and then Utreon and Rumble and some of the other things. Oh, wait, can you stream to Rumble? I guess we could stream to Rumble, but uh, it's it's a, it's a uh, more uh, difficult than streaming to these other platforms. Oh, he didn't like that. So uh, I don't, I haven't been streaming to Rumble, but let us know if there's a reason to stream to Rumble. I've been thinking about doing some other type of streaming to Rumble, if you know what I mean, wink, wink. So we might get more familiar with that. There's things you can't stream over here on the YouTubes. Uh, let's say this dog wanted to take apart this. Couldn't do it. Not on YouTube. Okay, so first thing, Florida. Next, South Carolina, Louisiana, Nebraska. Which state is going to get number 27? I'm going to make that a poll. You'll be able to ask the quest, answer the question in a poll. So we're going to go take a look. We're going to take a look at the poll that's over there right now. Right now, most people, 81%. 
out of 21 votes, an, an, an amazing and an a skeptical, a sus number of votes. It's too many votes. That's a sus number of votes. We've been infiltrated. 81% of those sus votes is going to to a for the rest of the year. So the next question is going to be, and I'm going to put a poll out there right now. Yeah, I'm an hour and a half into the show. I don't care what the co-host says. I'm starting a poll right now. Just look up up there. It's gone up here. He's happy. It says people can't hold guns, right? Doesn't say what little dogs can do on YouTube. So this is the laws. We're obeying the laws. So let's see. We're going to ask. Oh, look at this. A gizzard showed up. Welcome. Alan Hathaway. I heard your co-host was kind of uh, sleeping on the job here. So He's awake. He's just bored silly. He has no interest in two <laughs> All right. So I was about to ask a question over here. Um, oh, yeah. Which state... And you're not in this, so you can. You're you're a a, a non-biased third party. Which state will be? I don't have a number sign anymore. My number sign's dead, so I have to do an alt. Does anybody know the number sign alt key? Mm -hmm. I have a broken number key. Would know alt thirty five. Alt thirty five. FYI, so. You who cares if you break your alt key? So which state will be number 27, question mark? Um, will it be, we'll put Nebraska in there since DJ's out there. Is number one. And then will it be South Carolina? Because of gun two. And then what would be uh, oh, Louisiana? Do you know of any other states that are in the running right now? Not that I've heard of. Okay. So the question will go out. Since we now know Florida is number 26, welcome Florida to the constitutional carry state list. Uh, which state will be? Number 27. Now it is an official poll that anybody who wants to participate in the poll. We've made arrangements with YouTube. So tonight the poll is free. You can participate in the poll at no cost to you. And uh, Gizzard, do you have any uh, skin? Well, skin? I'm kind of biased because they've been waiting for it for so long. I would like to see Nebraska. Plus, I saw a video earlier that predicted that they would be the next state. I believe it was from TFB TV. That you sorry, you said Nebraska? Yes. Worthwhile Fun says she's fading. Well, thank you for sticking with us for so long. We're about to uh, get into Amanda, but that's fine. You can ditch out right before we start talking about Amanda and her winning the NRA board and how she's going to change the NRA. But that's fine. Go ahead and go sleep. That's fine. Thanks for joining us. And uh, you can watch all this in the morning. 
and then uh um but if you wanted to drop a hint as to before you head out what you think which state you think is going to uh, be number 27 sorry i interrupt you there so you said you seen somebody who said it was going to be nebraska yes i did of course they, I mean, they're probably guessing as much as anybody else but supposedly they're only one yeah. vote away it's pretty what's the word it, it's been in the news everywhere i don't think i've even heard in louisiana until today and south carolina i think has been in the running like multiple years and it's just it's sort of like georgia had been for a long time i would just like to see some momentum what with florida going if we could get one or two more states and it's kind of like dominoes after a while especially since we've got over 25 now so so kansas number five july 1st 2015 sb 45 uh, blood in the streets, chaos, people afraid to leave their homes, or how's it been since 2015? Uh, well, Kansas, believe it or not, is surprisingly just as boring as it ever was. <laughs> uh, I mean, state I can remember. Five. What's that? Oh, sorry. State number five. So, I mean, it's pretty much a an ambassador state or whatever, like an experimental state, I would imagine, like it had no, I don't know, a lot of balls for the state to jump in on something like that. that was... Yeah, I bought my first handgun in May of 2017, or 215, whichever year it was, you said? 15. 15, yeah. And basically, I carried in the house, I kind of practiced you know, what it would be like to conceal carry for two months before the day. And I can remember that first day, it's like, okay, it's legal. You can actually do it now. And that's quite the feeling to walk out and be able to do that. Of course, we can and, always open carry before, but still. Yeah, I mean, I think of them as different things. You've got concealed carry, different. Open carry, different. Constitutional carry, different. So right. do you see them as separate or do you overlap them or see them mixed or something like that? Well, I mean, constitutional carry to me, a lot of people think that basically implies that they can do either or. And in Florida's case, I don't believe, I believe they can carry concealed permitless, but they still can't open carry there. So... A like nobody people. can open carry permit or not. And that's why I take, that's why I feel open carry is separate because it's regulated separately. It's like saying, uh, I don't know, it's separately. So concealed carry is either, well, concealed carry is what it is, but constitutional carry is whether or not you need a permit for. Now, strangely enough, in Kansas, we could carry openly long before we could carry concealed. Florida is just the opposite. They restrict open carry more than they do concealed carry. But it was different here in Kansas. I guess it's just all a matter of the people and what they want. Yeah, for sure, right? So that's what I was going to say. Is I don't know if you were watching Plate Society earlier, but they were mm -hmm. talking about the topic because it's you know new since this morning, Monday morning at least when we're recording this. Um, and thanks again for kids are jumping in. This got to be after midnight for you, but. Um, 
Wait, is it? No, it isn't. Oh, yeah, it's almost one o'clock here. Okay. Um, so thanks for jumping in. But uh, I was watching Plate Society and they were talking about this. And um, dang it. All right, last one I was going with. I was reading Mobilia. Um, nope, yeah, I lost completely where I was going. Um, love the saying, I'm so fortunate living in Missouri, no permit required to carry. Yep, number Missouri is number 10, 2017. Hillbilly is also in Missouri. We can carry any way we want here in Missouri. Um, so, dang it, I guess uh, I'll just drop it. I don't know. I was going to say something there, but uh, I attempt to try not to interrupt people all the time. And just, uh, and if I wasn't making notes or whatever, I, I didn't recall. It's too late at night. Well, I'm sure you were about to say something brilliant. Hopefully it'll come back soon. Well, that's what I mean. It probably wasn't. It's was probably another point. But um, <laughs> they call it the show me state, but you aren't required to show anybody. Um, I guess what I was going to say is that we've got the poll going to decide what state might be next. Now, the next question going to Gizzard, assuming whatever order happens, how many of the three and if you want to include some kind of remote flyer, something you'd like to see a long shot or a state that says we're not going to be left behind another year or something uh, that nobody's on, not on everybody's radar or something. So anyway, my question is, of these three, how many might we see by the end of the year? Are you uh, willing to... I don't really thing. know the situation in South Carolina and Louisiana right now. To tell you the truth, I haven't kept up with either one of those two states that much. I know that Louisiana was close. Was it last year or the year before? It was last year, and I'm pretty sure it's the same this year where they have, um, what's the word? They got support through the legislature, but the governor's like, nope, so... And keep having all the support they want unless the governor has a change of heart or unless they can override oh i guess that yeah and i don't know if that's uh like you say i don't i'm not paying attention enough to know if that's even on the table or a, an option but uh i mean definitely of course i'd like to see all three but as far as the likelihood it's hard for me to say i'm guessing at least one i would like to see all three I'd like to see Night Strike be able to conceal carry. Of course, he's got a permit, but still. Yeah, I mean, it'd be neat to do like, uh, well, I guess I have my map over here that I was just looking at. Um, although I need to update my map, I guess. Makes no sense because I thought I did update the map last time. But uh, evidently, I uh, did not. But. Uh, to try to see, I guess, looking at a map of the states where constitutional carry is and then isn't, where you could go. And luckily, because of the way Iowa and South Carolina touch, 
it's possible to get across the country, at least from Arizona to back east. But you really can't get everywhere. There's some there's some gaps, or I should say, some like places that you can't jump across. And you do have to make that one weird route because of New Mexico and Colorado, unless Nebraska were to jump in, and then. People could start flowing into Kansas, go straight to Colorado, just look around, uh, or not, I'm saying Wyoming, look around Colorado. And then you've got the matter of if you're a permit holder, what states have reciprocity and what don't, which is a whole nother ball game. Yeah, and that's almost, well, it is most uh effectively dealt with with an app uh or at least a website that's updated and then you know mobile access to it but um i've seen a couple of things where they say type in your residency like what state you're in and then uh what permits you may or may not have and then it can take you know the results of that and give you a pretty good idea of where you can carry and where you can't for the most part though there's like i don't know if you paid much attention to this have you how, how many permits do you have just one just my state like a resident one have you explored like uh, utah florida or one of the others no i haven't but the likelihood of me driving through utah or florida is remote Not impossible, yeah, because Utah's next to Vegas, and you could be doing something in Utah specifically because there are all kinds of cool shooting events there. Oh, yeah, awesome. But, um, and you might just take a road trip or something where you go across. But the thing is, with a Utah permit and a Florida permit, people get those as non residents. I mean, yes, technically they let you carry in those states, but they both give you like 30 something states. It used to be something like 33 states each. Uh, and Florida had like an advantage over Utah and that it gave you Minnesota back in the day. And that would have been the only reason I would have uh, got a Florida one. But anyway, the, um, the, uh, the non-resident, so not living in the state, Utah and Florida permits are obtained by people all over because they get 30 state reciprocity. So now you could live in a state where your permit is only recognized by five states. And I don't think that exists. That doesn't really happen. But let's say that there was some state where that was the scenario. And you got your CCW, but it only works in five states in your state. So it's almost like you're, you're moping because like, oh, man, I can't go anywhere. But if you got a Utah one, now all of a sudden you can go to 30 states because you have a non-resident Utah, which has reciprocity in 30-something states, right? Right. So with that... Um, so that's where with Florida having constitutional, um, I mean, Utah's constitutional alto. They've been, they were number 17 uh, back in 2021. Wow. So we went since 2021, Utah, Montana, Iowa, Tennessee, Texas, Alabama, Ohio, Indiana, Georgia, and now Florida. But um, those are the two states with the most 
out-of-state non-resident CCW permit holders, and even with being constitutional carry for a while, I'm sure Utah is probably still the same way because for everything I just said, you know, people still get the, the permit. But that being said, I've had three at one time before and almost had four just because, I, like I said, I was almost going to get a Florida. It was just a cost thing. The Florida one was, at the time, 130 for a non-resident out-of-state Florida permit, mm-hmm. and Utah was 35, so no-brainer. And it, every, it's exactly the same except for Utah didn't have Minnesota in it, and that was annoying because I wanted to drive Minnesota for some reason. But, uh, um, you know, for $130 or something, uh, no thanks. I'll, uh, I'll just not drive to Minnesota carrying this. Yeah, it's cold up there anyway. At least in wintertime it is. Uh, let's see. So that was one of the topics for tonight. Uh, just the idea that we've got these states that are still in the running, if anybody, and I guess one of the reasons I don't know nothing about Louisiana either, and I don't know nothing about South Carolina, or at least any insight into, you know, if this is the same old, same old, if this is something that might have a chance this year, if there's definitely no chance, you know, so I guess part of this is the opportunity for somebody who doesn't know this stuff to chime in, or if you're listening to this in the future, you know, leave us some comments so we learn about that. Right now, though, uh, the poll, which says which state will be number 27, is overwhelmingly in support of Nebraska, and it makes sense. Um, looks like we're roboting, or I was roboting before. Okay, so the other thing about the thumbnail is, first off, Rick Ector and Amanda Suffolk. So I don't know if you're paying attention to that stuff. Uh, but Amanda Sofakul and Rick Ector were running for NRA board of directors. Mm-hmm. So uh, Amanda did win, but Rick did not. So uh, first off, thanks to everybody who's part of that. And it was essentially life members of the NRA and people who'd been a member for over five years are eligible to vote for board members and they get a ballot in the January issue of the American Rifleman. If they get that in person, it's a piece of paper. And if they get it online, then I think there's some kind of online way to do it. And that's where you would vote. There's 75 members of the NRA board. They elect 25 of them, one third of them every year, I think, right? So that that way they have a term of three years or something. That way the entire board is never at risk or jeopardy but there's always, I forget what that's called, the term for stirring it up, right? There's the ability for it to get stirred up a little bit. Yeah. If I remember right, go ahead. Did you have some? No, I just said, yeah. And then I think there was, I forget what the idea is, but there's also like that other, that, that 76th or something. There's like that other person. And I think that other person just gets nominated or something. I guess I don't know 100% of this stuff. I'm just trying to remember from over the years. Anyway, it is an accomplishment for Amanda, uh, and it is uh, an accomplishment for Rick. You know, running for NRA board in 2023 takes balls of freaking steel. Uh, Rick is one of the people that inspired me to go online in the late 90s 
uh, seeing what Rick was doing and accomplishing with Laid, uh, legally armed in Detroit, having fun, normalizing guns, just doing it, right? Bringing his interest and his uh, his uh, attitude, right? His fun, guns involved with him doing his thing, bringing that online and doing it well in the early, well, it wasn't even, it was in the late 1990s. And I saw some of the pictures with him and Ken and others doing SHOT Show and shit. And I was like, man, I want to do stuff online too. So, I mean, he's been doing it strong and well and his way since. And he's accomplished all kinds of grassroots stuff. So uh, he could have easily not done anything. And uh, I doubt this will dissuade him. Hopefully he'll run again and win next time. But uh, anyway, again, that's tremendous balls to... uh, understand that the NRA is 5 million member organization or some number less than that at this point, but, you know, millions of member organization and you either got to be so unwilling to put in any effort or so scared of 12 people, 12 old ass people who are rich. Like I'm not as scared of anybody rich first off. And I definitely am scared of old people. So old rich people don't scare me any more than anybody else. If they got the controls of the battleship, what do you leave the battleship? The hell, you just go up there and push them out of the way, take the controls of the battleship. So you're either working towards that or you're not. Some people are going to watch, some people ain't. But I applaud the people that are willing to do what needs to be done to get on the damn boat so that they can do whatever needs to be done to move towards that. And uh, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but it's. Uh, I thought it was cool that Rick was even willing to put forth the effort and the fact that he didn't win bites, but, uh, you know, can't have everything we wanted. Otherwise, you know, we'd have the NRA doing exactly what we want, like some kind of trained pony or something, but you know, it's a big battleship. I keep saying it. And hopefully with Amanda getting in there, she'll be able to hoist others on board. Those people with some insight and awareness will change minds of the FUDs, essentially the people that are blocking the, whatever is happening there and they'll figure out that they're not being you know, nobody's against them they're just misunderstood and the gun owners aren't trying to rip it down. well some of them are but you know the ones that are trying to rip it down are the loudest but most people just want to see the thing be used well again and once it starts being used well you know we're, we're, we run that thing and what happens with an old ass battleship that gets re- resurrected in 2023 Hopefully, it'll turn into the freaking Macross, right? Or is that the name of that thing? The one from Robotech? You know, turn it into some kind of spaceship, launch that shit into space. <laughs> so, right, we can, we don't need to give that thing up. I'm certainly not going to, like, you know, jump around. What's it called? Dance in the flames as it burns. But, uh, and I'm not saying that just by Amanda getting in there, she's going to suddenly do something, but she's solid. She knows what she's doing and she's not uh, timid and she's not like a showpiece. What do you call like just looking for selfies all the time? She'll take selfies, but you know what I mean? She's doing it with a, with a goal. So I'm looking forward to what she's going to do when she gets in there and starts to give us some intel from being on the board. We've never had anybody that I know who's uh, you know been on the board. So we'll learn a lot as she, I think she said, oh, I know soon they have a board meeting. I think it's the AMCON has a meeting tomorrow. 
anyhow, so that was one of the things on there is um, the uh, the Rick Ector uh, and the uh, Amanda Suffolk. I don't know if you got any, I'm just kind of ranting here in the middle of the night, but uh, any opinions on NRA, uh, the shifting, the, the board, the election, you're about to go to NRAM, you know, any of the meetings or the significance of all that or going to the meetings or anything to throw about, I'm ghosting you, anything to throw about? <clears throat> for, for one thing, I'm not a member, so I can't attend the meetings, but uh, my membership expired. <laughs> But, uh, um, you know, I don't know about the meetings. I think the more people we get that we know and can trust in those positions, the better off the NRA will be. It's, it's definitely a positive step towards building it back up to the respectability that it needs to have. And it's going to require them to put more people like that that are legitimate 2A supporters in those positions. Not that it necessarily has to be 100% those people, but I definitely think they need to be represented on the NRA's board because I think they represent the interest of most firearm owners, to be honest. And definitely the preservation of our rights is uh, something that is definitely something for all you know all gun owners ought to be in favor of that so in my opinion that's why we're here so i'm assuming just from my being around that pretty much everybody out there that's listening or out there right now agrees with you that you would just state in their position for them so thank you for that i don't know if you know about this uh this is something i seen on the twitter the other day and I haven't had a chance to bring it up. There's, you know, like I ran to a microphone to talk about it. But since we're talking about it right now, and I'm guessing I'm giving you news that you don't know about. Tell me if I'm wrong, I guess. Um, I'm curious about your, oh, you may not realize this, but this dog is sleeping. <laughs> um, I'm smothering his mouth to try to get him to stop being sleeping. I need to get a little pillow over here. I can squish over his mouth. Um I'm curious to hear your reaction to this one. Did you know, and then what's your opinion of the NRA is moving from Virginia um, to, to New Mexico, to that place in New Mexico that I go to, the museum and big range that's in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico? They're moving their headquarters there? Yep. I had not heard that. It might uh, be Texas, but I'm almost positive it's the place in New Mexico. I know they wanted to move to Texas, and that was next. But uh, they're selling the big building. Well, and the I building in New Mexico is like a step. It's like a house that somebody turned into a restaurant. You know, you ever been to something like that where it's like, oh, this used to be a house. Like I'm in the living room. It's it's just like that, except now it's a gun shop and a museum. I mean, I think. I think that's a positive step if they can make it happen, you know, get into a freer part of the country for a base of operations where they're more, you know, more surrounded by like-minded people rather than, I realize in the past it's been more of a we're a corporation, we need to be where all the action is, but... I think if you're going to portray yourself as more of a grassroots organization for the people, then you need to be where the 
where the people who serve you can get to you and stuff like that. That's just my opinion. I think it's a positive step, but well, no, I was not aware of it. Okay. Thanks. So to be clear, though, the place in New Mexico couldn't be further from anywhere. Like it is one of the furthest places to get to from anywhere because you got to think of airports, Albuquerque and Denver. So if you drew a line from Albuquerque and Denver, it, it looks like a big weird J shape because there's mountains and stuff. You can't drive straight between them. And uh, so you'd make this big J shape between Albuquerque and Denver. And this is sort of at the top of the you know, you do the bend, you come back up, and you sit at the top of that bend, essentially where the border of uh, Colorado and New Mexico are. Anyway, it's just so it's like three, four hours from each. Like, you, you even if you, there's no airport, there might be a small airport somewhere, but any real airport airline is like a four-hour drive from this place. So there's probably other places in the country that are more remote, but I mean, literally, it's like a just such a weird place to put it. Like I could understand Houston, like, okay, you're going from DC, like you're saying like a less friendly place to a more friendly place or like Texas is cool or whatever, but like, but you know, Houston still, so you're still like, you know, national level or wait, what am I saying? International level city, but like Raton, New Mexico is, well, I, like, I can't explain it anymore. They could, you, you literally have to drive two lane roads and they twisty turvy roads. You're not quite, I mean, it's probably not the kind of place that you can, that's going to get snowed in, but I might be wrong. It could be the kind of place that gets snowed in for like a month and during the winter, even, you know, I know they close during the winter because it's too, no, so the name of the place is Raton. Yeah. R-O-T-O-N, R-A-T-O-N. And it's essentially, isn't, there's isn't only one Spanish road for rat. <laughs> there's only one road in Colorado because it goes up and down north next north and south next to the mountain uh color you know mountain what's called Continental divide so Raton is just the town that's essentially right before you hit in Colorado so it's really easy to find and then if you look at it from the space it's over to the west so go towards California and uh there's a giant range and that's the place it's like you can see the range from space it's so huge I, it's, like it's just I still think it's a, I still think it's a positive thing it's going to basically change the mindset of the entire organization I think but maybe that's what needs to happen I mean complete change of scenery you know maybe change out some of the board members maybe we will lift to see a new NRA I definitely think we will. I mean, it can't fall apart completely. If, if nothing else, it'll you know fall into some kind of pieces or something. I don't know. But uh, essentially, though, um, you know, in in what they have now is what they have now. Like they sell a giant building in Virginia, they're going to be able to build some giant building out there. So maybe they build an airport or something for all I know. You know, or maybe there's an airport about to be built, and that's why you know it's even on the table. You know, I don't I have no idea what all the details are, but um, oh, and then I guess the, the last part of it was, you know, that was what happened in 1977 is when the Cincinnati revolt was the NRA meeting in 1977 was in Cincinnati. And the big story is that um, it was uh, Neil Knox, Chris's dad. Uh, Jeff and Chris's dad um, 
1977 was able to mobilize the membership enough of the membership of the NRA that at the meeting and exhibits, because it was the same as now, there's a big exhibits thing that most people showed up for. And while everybody was in the exhibit hall, I think this is how it went down. While everybody was in the exhibit hall at like noon, they rang a bell or something and everybody put on an orange hat or something like that, or like a red hat. I think it was an orange hat though. So everybody just had a hat with them. And then at noon, everybody put their hat on. And that was the indication to the board that they should not move to New Mexico, that they should stay in D.C. and become a political organization and fight the 1968 Gun Control Act, which had been punitive to gun owners. And the NRA was like going to be, a, what's the word, like a, a an organization that could be utilized for the dissemination of information and, you know, resources and distribution, all that kind of stuff. So, and then eventually that show that everybody put on a hat, I don't think they did anything. I don't even think they cheered. I guess I don't remember. And I might be making some of this shit up because I'm trying to remember where I read all this. There's actually a pretty good thing I read, I think that gives a pretty good description of what happened. But I got the idea that it said something like in silence, they just put on these hats. And, you know, if you imagine just being in a building and everybody put on a hat at the same time and just went about their business, like that shows something that shows some unity, shows some some awareness and whatever, like, hey, we're all talking to each other. And um, anyway, I I don't know if there's any significance there at all but then now they're it's just, i think the same place that they're moving to like i'm pretty sure they've owned that place since and they've just developed it into a giant range um you know it's not like they sold the place because they didn't move out there but it could be some other place i don't know yeah so that was the, that was the um news that i heard I'm trying to remember where I got that. Um, so that is that kind of insider information? Because I'm not seeing any announcements or anything like that. Oh, now I remember where I read that. I read that on Twitter from Chris Knox. So Chris, oh, okay. the author of Neil Knox's book, uh, his son had posted that. And I don't even remember now because I don't I'm not good at Twitter. Uh, I don't subscribe to enough people. So when I scroll down on Twitter, Sometimes it's two hours ago and sometimes it's two days ago. That makes sense. So like, I don't know if I was looking at a post that was weeks old or hours old, but it was a few days ago that I read it and it could have been recent or archived, I guess. All right. So over on the poll, we're getting a bunch of votes again. Still Nebraska overwhelming winning. Uh, let's see, the other thing we were going to chat about today, so there's still another thing, and let me know if this was the way to do it. I, I came up with this idea today since I happen to have all the graphics available. Instead of writing stuff down on the thumbnail, I use some of the illustrations I've done before. So we had the Amanda and, and Rick Actor. We just got done talking about how Amanda got voted into NRA board. And then we talked about Florida getting constitutional carry and a little bit about why there's this, oh, I, should, I could ask Gizzard about that, I guess. And then the poll about which state's gonna be next right now, the second panhandle state 
is uh, what most people refer to Nebraska as, uh, is winning. Uh, but let me ask Gizzard. Um, oh, I forgot what the other question was. It's definitely when you do a show late and then you're two hours into it, you're going to lose it. You're going to get a little, you're going to get some gaps. I uh, haven't been drinking enough coffee, I guess. At this point, I'm not <laughs> drinking any more coffee. It's 1130 here. Uh, now, here's the deal. Uh, it's two hours in. See how easy it is to get to two hours, and we're still kind of talking 2A. If we were doing a five-hour show, this is where I would run like probably a 20-minute, not 20-minute, but like a 10-minute commercial, and I would take a break. I'd let the dog out. Uh, you know, I would get something to eat or whatever. And then we would dig into guns. You can't imagine all the gun topics into that. But, um, you know, that would be if we had a bunch of Patreons, maybe three times the Patreons we got now. We could potentially think about doing that. Uh, or a couple of major advertisers. So we're efforting to uh, bring some advertisers on board. But uh, until we can literally, you know, I can rearrange my, my schedule and like just plan to have an overnight show, which would be great. I'd be happy to do it. But until we can do that, I do appreciate the people that are joining us for a two-hour show and the people that uh, allow me to nod off half the time during the show. And thanks to Gizzard for joining, because otherwise the show would have ended a while ago. Um, I mean, I've been listening for a while now, but I was right in the middle of editing a video, so I had to wait for that to finish before I could jump on. So. Oh, I got you. And yeah, I don't do this very consistently, so again, I appreciate you jumping in. There was something about Florida I was going to ask you. And, oh, about the permitless, duh. So do you see a dividing line between, or did I already ask you this, a dividing line between permitless and constitutional? And if so, do you apply it to, to the Florida deal? Well, a lot of the stories that I read on it, they were saying just that, that it wasn't true constitutional carry because... In a lot of people's eyes, constitutional carry means you can carry however you want at all times. In Florida, Florida's law is only going to allow permitless concealed carry. Uh, to me, that's kind of a, I'm not sure that that's a point worth making a big deal of as far as the people go, yeah, they may not have the right to open carry in certain situations or whatever, but at least they have the right to carry and protect themselves, which is mainly, to me, what what you want is to, you know, allow the people the ability to uh, carry, carry a firearm with them and defend themselves without having to ask permission. So in that respect, having that is a big step you know, not requiring permits and stuff like that. So now some people, aren't, some people aren't going to agree with me on that, though. Right. And that, again, I'm not totally sure what the I understand the split, but I'm not sure why to make the split. Um, and I guess that's what I was thinking about from the show earlier. Um Anyway, so uh, another question that came in from Gunswire just a moment ago, or statement, I guess, but we call it a question, says NRA is broke, bankrupt. So one, do you agree? And two, any 
Well, any other commentary on that one? Since we're live, uh, I don't know anything about that. Is that true? Well, unless there's news that I don't know, it's possible that it's true from some angle. I know that they have weird obligations, and the obligations are like to marketing people. So it's not like, you know what I mean? But there's, there's fun. And I don't really say, and I'm only aware that I've heard people have these conversations. And when they, people who know what they're talking about have these conversations, it gets to stuff like they, the core chunks of the NRA that are important are funded by things that they don't have discretionary ways to pull money from. The things that are bankrupt are portions of the NRA, but I don't, I'm not aware that those are like the foundational pieces. They may be recklessly waved around, like moving the, the, the building. Kind of like when they had to get rid of NRA TV because because of well financial reasons and the split with Ackerman McQueen and everything else. And that's Which, the thing. I know that a chunk of the obligation they have is to that either the marketing or to like some obligation to that is it the advertising or the marketing or the attorney or some mix or some, you know, version of that, but so it's one of those things that I don't think they can, they still have the debt, but it's not like, uh, or I guess I shouldn't say that. I don't know if the debt is something that they actually have to pay or if it's one of those things that once they go to court, like they'll go, I don't know if it's called bankruptcy or whatever, as much as like, this was a big scam in the first place. So they don't have to, you know, do you have to pay for a scam once they determine it's a scam? Then you've got the split, you got the NRA and then the NRA ILA, which is technically separate. Well, so definitely that provides all the funding for legislative action and stuff like that. And I think from what I understand is the funding for those or the resource, you know, like the investments that fund those things are separate. Yeah, I don't know what Guns and Water is referring to. He may have some inside information that we're not aware of. That's always possible. Yeah, and if that's the case, then yeah, then we're we're going blind or whatever as far as that goes with uh, knowledge of that. Anyway, so uh, one of the questions was permitless carry and constitutional carry the other one was about which state thought might be next and then another question i guess was you know how many states you might think could get it but uh moving on from there the last thing which is actually quite big is the reload with um yeah, the the third person that's got the illustration on the front of the thumbnail today is um all right now i can't think of his name while i'm tired but uh the guy from the reload uh, and any chance that you listen to the reload today? No. Oh, oh DJ's joining. So DJ's jumping in. Thanks for joining. You know who I'm talking Good about? Evening. The podcast that I'm talking about called The Reload? I am. Oh, I'm asking Gizzard if he knows. I am. No, I do not. 
Oh, okay. It's Steve Gudatowski um, or Stephen Gudatowski. Anyway, he's a guy who's some writer, and then recently he got hired by CNN. So you might see him on CNN as a like their gun guy. Like, oh, we're talking about two A, so we're bringing on our whatever that's called, Stephen. And so he's going to have more national attention. But I think he was also already like a expert witness type of person that was comfortable or that the media was comfortable bringing on. So he would come on and be like a voice for the Second Amendment side of things or stuff. I don't know where he actually came from, but he's some kind of journalist. So the Reload is a weekly podcast that's about an hour, 90 minutes long. And they typically have somebody on like a guest for 40 minutes or something half an hour and then they talk to them for a bit and it's uh it's pretty good usually and it's something that's um you know like john lott or or uh, amy swearer it's like super 2a nuts and bolts type of stuff and then then they spend the rest of the show talking about commentary or editorialing news of the day so it's a pretty effective 2a podcast i've been following it for a while if i use that analogy earlier about going up and uh, meeting someone halfway to being the equivalent of just going up to your fence and yelling your position, you know, your, your statements across your property line to the other person. The reload, I think does a pretty good job of, if not for sure, walking up to the property line and then, you know, seeing it from the line, they probably take a couple of steps over the line and, Look, try to at least attempt to look at it from the other side of you, if not get over there. Now, it's not like listening to the liberal gun club or liberal gun owners or something where it's all from the other side and it's people on the other side who own guns saying, hey, come over here and look at it from over here, but we're not leaving, but come over here. You know, it's not like that, Like, but it is a good, a pretty decent attempt at uh more than fair, more than here's both sides of it, here's both sides of it, and a little bit of their perspective. Now, maybe I'm overselling it. DJ knows what it is, so how would you describe it, and how close was I there? It's a reasonable description of things. I'm actually really fond of uh, Gutowski's sidekick, Paul Crookston. Uh, Not only does the guy have guitars hanging up in the background, but he kind of plays off of Stephen's... kind of more sedate approach to things. But uh, Kutowski, he's done stuff like CNN, C-SPAN. I mean, he's been like all over. And I I became uh, introduced to him through his appearances on the uh, Polite Society podcast, I think it was, uh, more than a couple of times. And then the Reload show themselves. I like the digest form um, that they do their cut shows with. Uh, the long form stuff, I don't, I don't, listen to as frequently but yeah decent stuff oh okay so that's another element so they'll do an hour and 90 minute show something like that and then that's the show and then i guess what dj's saying is then they'll take every like chunk of that and chop it up into pieces and then so you only got to watch like 15 minutes nine minutes five minutes 14 minutes like the little chunks is that what you're saying i i am but typically it is just one or two uh, of the key like points or issues, I should have said, um, during the long form. They don't like break them, like, you know, break out uh, an hour's worth of a 90 minute program in, in 
digest, shorter digestible chunks. So if you don't have time for the long form, you can hit it and quit it with a couple of uh, shorter form vids. And I also, I like his approach, his journalistic approach. He, I said sedate earlier. He does kind of lay back. He's, he will make a strong statement about something. And he isn't a, well, you know, the jury's out on this one. Not literally, but, you know, the figurative portion of, of that kind of statement. Um, he, he does not jump quickly into the breach to try and settle things out. Um, and I really, really appreciate that. Oh, I can't stand that. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like he's got no opinion on anything and mm-hmm. he, lets, he lets people be wrong all the time in front of him. And I I guess that's legal, but it does it drives me nuts. It's like somebody needs to be mansplained, mansplain it right away. As well, you're standing right there. Like what are they just gonna learn it out of nowhere? Like if they're super wrong, you gotta let them know. And I'm aware of that tendency, and, and I remember you mentioning that in a previous discussion. So uh, he is not without fault. Um, but I guess in contrast, I would rather have that in contrast to somebody being like vociferous and you know, jumping literally and figuratively the gun on uh, some issues. And I think it makes him a little bit more digest- easily digestible to people who aren't necessarily even pro-firearms because he does have that, and it's also his pacing. He's really slow, really deliberate, allows people the time to think about this, and doesn't really push them um, too far one way or the other. But his his cut is uh, is obvious to me, at least. All right, I don't know if Gizzard is going to get this, but DJ just called him a modern Rob Morris. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I take right. it that's not a compliment. No, it's totally a compliment because Rob Morris is essentially what DJ just described, except way slower. Okay. Um, I don't mind slower as long as they put all the facts out on the table in a fair manner for people to digest. Uh, There's a lot of podcasters who are that way and take a while to get to their point. Trying to think, uh, Paul Markle is one. He doesn't tend to speed through topics. He'll tell you the whole story from beginning to end. Uh, so I kind of like stuff like that. If you want to, you know, learn everything about everything, that's that's the way to learn. If you just want the highlights, there are plenty of people who can give you that. Oh, I'm 100% with you. I don't mind hearing the whole story at all. I just don't like it when it's the headlines three times here's the headlines here's the headlines here's the headlines i hate that recipe and it drives me nuts when it's you know that is that you i hear you i went ahead and uh, grabbed went out and did a uh, because i wanted to see what else he may have done um i'm gonna quick read uh from the reload uh website before starting the reload in 2021 gutowski spent almost seven years as a staff writer at the washington free beacon I've um, also been published by The Atlantic, The Dispatch, National Review, Ammo Land, Washington Examiner. Um, so politically, and, um, and then it goes on, uh, CNBC, Fox News, New York Times, Bearing Arms, Washington Post, NPR, ABC. Um, so he, he, he does, he's center right in his appearances, but I think he does have an appeal to the center left on firearms and firearms issues. If not an appeal, like he's palatable. Like they can, I feel like yes, sir. Like at least accept him as opposed to like uh, Pratt or somebody who I'm sure is like nails on chalkboard. 
Agree. Hope <laughs> well, Bill is taking off. Thanks for joining us. You had a link, but he's probably, like he says, it's late for him. But I appreciate him joining us in the chat. He does a show on Saturdays. If anybody's out there uh, looking for some fun and gun focus still, uh, just conversation. Gizzard jumps in a lot. Yep. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. More than I do. I'm able to watch a lot of times, but I've been able to jump in a couple of times so far. All right. So, uh, reason I'm bringing up the reload is because of today's show. So, I'm guessing Gizzard doesn't know what it is, so he didn't, he didn't watch it. No, but, but I'm about to find out because I subscribed to the guy's YouTube channel. So, I'm going to uh, get familiar. Yeah, you're going to dig it. I can't believe I haven't mentioned it. It's my bad for not mentioning it more because it is a decent show. And, uh, um, well, you'll see. He, I think the like I agree with DJ that the form. Well, wait. You said you don't watch the long format one. I typically do not. When the when the first when the program first began, they weren't doing the cut, um, the the short takes. Uh, so I was committing to listening to the long form ones, and it's actually I I learned about the show from you. Um, but since then, I I have so many things that I will only watch the shorter ones. It's been a long time. Okay, I look forward to it. Because I used to watch this other show on Sundays, but now that show's not on anymore. So this show happens, this reload happens on Sundays. So I listen to it. Uh, at least here's the deal. I think what happens is they put it out to their channel members on Sunday mornings. And then they hide it and put it out to their regular people, the rest of us, on Monday or something. But because they fart around, I can go in there and just watch. You can just watch your subscription list and it'll show up. And then they take forever to flip it over. And while it's not flipped over yet, it's open and you can just go watch it. So I've, I've watched it a couple of times on Sunday. But if I don't see it on Sunday, I usually watch it on Monday. When I, you know, it's my, for me at least, I've got task work I've got to do. So it's one of those things that's an hour or something. So, you know, I know I can do these three things while I'm listening to that. And that helps me pace because it helps me know, okay, that show's not going to be more than two hours this tasks these tasks shouldn't take you know don't let them take more than this show so it's one of those things i, I don't mind the show or the show's on at a good time during the week for me to do some stuff uh some weekly stuff so uh i end up listening to it uh even i guess when it's boring because it hasn't really been bad very often at all it's just been less interesting you know when it's more news of the day or something for me that's more less interesting than when it gets kind of into it, but um, yeah, I guess either either way, if you're not interested in consuming a long format one, it sounds like they've got an interesting uh, sliced version of it. All right, we're getting away from selling it. Sounds like we've been selling it for like a half an hour here. Um, the question is going to be trying to find the whole show. So I'm now having to scroll back through all the uh, highlights that they posted that we were just talking about. And there it is. An hour and 18 minutes today. Do not get copyrighted. Can you get copyrighted for a commercial plan? Oh, good question. They'd have to be real assholes to chase after you for copyright on their commercial. I think that's the answer, right? Like, yes, they could, but they'd be jerks to do it. Um, okay, so they had some guy on from Pepperdine University, right? 
and he worked somewhere else first and he's a researcher and he's an associate professor uh he's made a paper that claims the second amendment has it's he comprehensively breaks down how many second amendment claims have been successful after the new york state rifle and pistol association versus how many second amendment claims have been successful after heller so i'm going to say that again so there's heller and then there's new york state rifle and pistol association this guy decided i'm going to go see i'm going to research how many 2a cases have been successful after each of those two things and that is some sort of a way to judge or compare, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there were, dang it, he didn't put it in the description here. Lame. I think it was something like a single digit number the first time, eight, and then it's like 31 since brewing. Right, so a lot more cases, and everybody's pretty much universally not questioned anything and been like, Yay, New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, we're done, it's over. It's like, Yay, finally clarified Heller. Anyway, we're still living in that celebration, but we're also, how many people have been around long enough to be? hesitant of the celebration how many people have been around through cycles that i'm always complaining about like how many of the people that are celebrating right now this is their first celebration so of course they're celebrating i don't think there's any reason to go let's not celebrate but that's why i'm bringing this up as an alternative conversation or alternative alternative topic and i'm eating peanuts and i'm gonna have to drink here because i'm about to cough my lungs out from eating peanuts all Well, and as far as like, you know, is there cause for celebration when there is a victory, even if we know that there's a court date, the next one, and the expectation is that that victory will be incredibly short lived. I'm all for some hoorah. I mean, we don't get to celebrate very often. So almost any opportunity, uh, I'll try to be positive about it, even if I know it's going to have some backspin and maybe disappear the following day. Too often good experiences evaporate. Yeah. 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 Perfect. No, that's so great. And, you know, it's sort of like, you know, the celebration in the mash tent while the war is still going on versus the let's tear it all down and go home and celebrate because it's over. Yeah. Like there's a difference there, right? You said to it came to mind when you said celebrating. That's a good point. Um, uh, so to solve it, I ate some more peanuts. See, it's just a reflex when you're fat, dude. You're going to eat peanuts. They're sitting in front of you. You're going to eat them. I mean, there's victories and there's victories, but there's always battles to fight. Uh, <clears throat> you know, even in a state, for example, my state, where we have constitutional carry and everybody thinks, huh, oh, they got everything they need there in Kansas. Uh, we're still fighting battles to, you know, to get... Uh, to get gun safety education in the school curriculum, we're still fighting battles to eliminate, you know, oppressive fees for concealed carry licenses so people of all walks of life can afford one. Uh, we still, 18 to 20 year olds in this state still have to have a uh, concealed carry permit to carry a firearm. Uh, there's still 
like I say, there's still battles out there. So. Oh, for sure. And that's sort of what this whole show was about. And uh, I'm just going to jump back to the format of this show. It's like a something, you know, if it's a hour and whatever I said, hour and 12 minute show, probably, you know, a good chunk of that is this conversation with this guy. And then the last piece is what DJ was talking about, the conversation between the hosts of the show. So the chunk of this one, the reason they had this guy on is because of his take on New York State Rifle and Pistol Association. It started, or the the topic is because of this research he did and the, the number of successful cases is much larger. So there's a faster pace of result, I guess, or consequence of the second court case than the first court case. But his real reason for being on the show and the really intriguing points that he makes, they're not anti. He's just a he's just a brain nerd. So he's just saying stuff as a scientist. But what he's saying is stuff nobody wants to hear. And I don't really want to say it either. So I'm not going to. But if you're interested in hearing, it's not like, oh, man. It's, it's, it's alternatives to what anybody is saying out there right now. And it's not good news and it's not bad news, but it's sobering news. Is that the way to say it? Like yeah. it is, like you just said, there's not going to, you know, we're not done. There's going to be the next. Well, this guy kind of talks about what the next is probably going to be. And there's like three of them. And it's like, dang it, I didn't need to hear that. But now I can't unhear it. So that's, that's one of the reasons I'm not saying it. I'm just alluding to it. So if you want to ignore this or not pay attention at this midnight or whatever it is for you, feel free. Like this isn't urgent or anything. And I don't want to shit on anybody's celebration, right? It's just that it happened today. And I was like, oh, wow. Uh, I could either ignore it and this will just become a mention on Friday. Hey, the reload was on and it was good. Or I could say something about it. So I decided to say something about it. But I'm saying something about it, what, two and a half hours into a show in the middle of the night on Monday. The same night that the show premiered. But anyway, um, I don't think, like I said, it's not urgent or nothing. But if anybody does happen to catch the show and has any opinion on it, I'm definitely down for a conversation on those things. Not eager, because it's like shitty strategizing failures you know it's strategizing bad stuff but it's necessary sometimes so i'm willing and i'll leave it at that so i don't know if you guys want to rip on that at all but that's the sort of the reason i brought up the reload is that this was an interesting conversation today it wasn't negative it wasn't you know like oh dire but at the same time it was some you know it's like some pretty serious stuff like you know let's say uh, you're talking to a kid about cavities and you're like hey he can nothing's wrong with you today you're a little kid but if you did nothing but a cavity or eat sugar your whole life your teeth are going to be rotten it's that kind of conversation it's like you don't want to have it but you kind of should have it you know to be a good parent but you're not going to bring it up every time the kid eats candy but every once in a while you want to remind the kid hey you know what it's one of those kind of conversations maybe that's a bad way to say it. Maybe having a conversation with a puppy. Hey, those little peanut butter treats are fun to eat, but you can turn into a fat puppy if you eat them too many times. But they're good. I guess I've never eaten a puppy treat myself, but 
Yeah, those I'm not eating. They got chicken in them. So it's peanut butter <laughs> and like this and that and the other thing and then chicken. So I'm like, oh, there's probably a reason he likes it more than just the peanut butter. Yeah. I'm sure they have some nutritional value. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're pretty good for them. They just seem like, uh, you know, all the fairly good stuff from puppy food. Minus a but lot it's of kind of like... Uh... Kind of like with George, he has his food and he has his treats. And if you're not too careful, he'll start <clears throat> relying on you to hand out treats and he won't eat his food. So you kind of have to go easy on the treats so he'll also eat, you know, the good stuff that's really good for him. But it's real easy to fall into that trap, you know. Oh, see, I've never really had, I mean, I guess I've owned cat treats before and i must have gave them to a cat but i never had a cat growing up so i never my cats always had an adulthood so i never had any reason to just give a cat a treat so i've never i mean they don't go out so that's where i always gave dogs treats when i was growing up we gave them for going out and i don't do that anymore i don't give them treats i only bought these treats because something reminded me to buy dog treats one day i was at the store and i was like hey, i'm gonna buy the dog treats but uh i don't like training them with dog treats too much and then you, you don't, I, you know, I just never got into that. But so what do you give them treats for? Just for being a good cat? Or? It's not so much a training thing. It's just kind of a, kind of a, uh, you know, kind of an, a sign of affection and stuff like that. Here's something you really love along with the food that you'll eat, but you're not that fond of, you know. So here's a little bit in the first thing in the morning. Here's a couple before we go to bed and stuff. Uh, but as far as training him now, any training that would have been done with George was done a long time ago. He's it's just kind of kind of a thing I've done for him for years and years. But uh, like I say, you got to be careful with it, or they'll rely on that, and then that's all they want to eat. So you don't want to overtreat the treats, or after a while, that's what they expect. So. What about DJ? You got treats for the kitten? I do, but they were a Christmas gift to the cat. I normally wouldn't buy them for a cat. And for my dog, um, Hank, he didn't get treats unless somebody else got them. We're going through a drive-thru where they give them out for free. Otherwise, I just gave him kibble from his his regular dog food was his treat as well. Yeah, he didn't care. He drooled just to get something. <laughs> so, but I didn't I didn't use uh, rewards. Um, like food treats uh, for trading him either. But, and if I could well, train this cat point. and do more, I would. Yeah, whenever I pour food for him, I'll, especially this dog, he's super food driven. Like Mello could give a crap. She don't care about food at all. She'll eat when she feels like it, but she's the kind of dog you, I could have just had her food, food bowl full for, you know, just period. And then she would eat some, you know, she would eat it when she felt like it. And then it would be empty and I could, she wouldn't care. And then I would fill it and she wouldn't care. And then she would eat some, you know, she's like the perfect dog for that. This dog, if it's in front of him, he's eating it until he's full or dies, right? He's going to eat it. So what I'll do is put, like you said, I'll just, whenever I'm feeding him, I'll put a little bit into a baggie and then just have that throughout the day. Cause you know, he can't get enough of like one little piece of kibble. He'll like, you know, he'll do anything for one little tiny piece of the same dog food he's eating, you know, a big bowl. Is, of is that largely because he's young? You think? Or? Oh, I have no idea. I I think it's just I've had different dogs, different ways. He just seems. I don't okay, know. so it's a personality. 
maybe. I mean, he does change a little bit as he's been here, but you know, I've only really had him since November. So it could be a little bit of the stray and a little bit of the, you know, he's still getting used to a food cycle here and I'm still getting used to how to feed him. I'm mainly, he's super fat. I feel like he's super fat. Here, let me put the camera on. You can tell me. But uh, yeah, at one point I was living in a household with uh, just my dog, but three others of my roommates and my dog and her uh, first dog, they were grazers. They didn't finish out their bowls um, all the time. They would have the option, and we trained mine not to go into, you know, Hank didn't go into Elvis's bowl. But as soon as the third dog and then the fourth dog came in, they started to get territorial about their stuff, and everybody was wolfing it down. And I had to actually, because I didn't want them to have any, uh, you know, esophageal, I didn't want them choking yeah. on stuff. And so I do like, you know, like say my dog got fed two cups tw uh, twice a day. And so I would give him a cup and then go back five minutes later, give him another cup uh, because otherwise he was just as fast as he could get it in. And it just, it wasn't cool, but it was interesting to see the way that the you know, dog psychology would work with some of that stuff. But yeah, bit is a little bit more than a bit. He's a bit and a half. <laughs> yeah. George won't eat. He won't eat everything in a bowl. You could, as far as his main food, you can put that out. I put out a handful in the morning, and there's still usually a little bit of it left at bedtime. He finishes it off, you know, overnight because cats don't sleep like humans do. You know, whether you think they do or not, they get up in the middle of the night and do whatever they want to. While you're yeah, don't nap or whatever when you go to sleep because it's convenient for them. They want to make sure you're asleep. But then, yep. Yeah, go do whatever they, they want. sneak off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now what's funny is the few times that I have had him over to my daughter's house, of course, she has three or four cats. And when George gets over there, once he's used to being around the other cats and stuff, you'll notice that uh, Sarah's cats would come in and steal food out of George's bowl because it was different. But then George would, while they were in there, George would go in and get food out of their bowl. So... <laughs> It's kind of like, hey, I'm not supposed to have this, and it's available, so I'm going to go get it. Maybe that's a cat thing. I don't know. Well, it's probably anybody. You give a bunch of people hamburgers, and you give a bunch of other people pizza, and then you sit them all down, and then they're going to look at each other and be like, want to trade? Are you eating that hamburger? <laughs> yeah, that reminds me of trading stuff at school lunchtime, for oh, sure. Yeah, I remember that. That's a thing. And I can remember I was one of the few kids when I was young, I liked green vegetables. In particular, I loved spinach. And uh, most of the other kids in my class hated spinach. So what would happen is I'd have people say, hey, can I trade my milk for your, or I'll give you my spinach, you give me your milk, I'll give you, you know. And before you know it, I would have a whole tray full of spinach. I mean, piled high. And I, my teacher actually called my mother and said, well, you know, there's a problem with Gary because he's not eating anything but spinach. You know, he's trading all his food for other people's spinach. And mom asked the teacher, she said, well, is he eating it? And she said, well, yeah. And she said, well, I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> we we talking uh, salad, or are we talking... Like, no, just cooked cook. spinach. Okay. 
I remember the standard school fair where you had the vinegar container on the table, you know, and you could soak it with vinegar and make it. This yummy. <laughs> you could have had all of my spinach, Gary. My advantage was I was never a dessert person, and our school district was small enough and uh, old enough kind of thing in their style that the cooks still made almost every dessert from scratch. I mean, only the like the pudding that would come in a number 10 can sort of thing, any baked goods they made, including cookies. Um, so those were always at a premium and I could trade uh, on cinnamon roll day. I get your next two pizzas because they were like huge and unctuous and everybody loved them. Cinnamon you know, Jell-O roll cake. day was a huge deal in my school. Yeah. People love the cinnamon rolls and pizza day. Mm. That was a huge mm-hmm. deal. Hmm. Normally I remember stuff. I don't think I remember cinnamon rolls at school. Oh, Maybe yeah. I'm forgetting them. Well, these these things were ridiculous. They were they were like Cinnabon easily. The things yeah. were like you know five inches, six inches. I mean they weren't six, but you know, like four or five inches square. They were and like two and a half, three inches tall. They were ginormous. And I just I don't care for cinnamon. So, well, that, that's just wrong right there, DJ. Like I don't care <laughs> what you make and you put jelly on it, and I'm not going to eat it. Like I, I don't even go near jelly. Yeah, that's like the donuts when we're, at, you know, like SHOT Show and stuff, and they go out for the donuts. I'm not a real big fan of jelly donuts or anything like that. So I got the things I like and the things I don't. I guess that's why they make so many different kinds. For sure. All right, so we went off on a little bit of tangents here. We're allowed to do that. Going back, though, Gunwater, Gunswater asked to, or posted a thing here uh they're waiting on another election cycle so this is getting back to the antis i guess and the maybe what i was kind of alluding to with the conversation that they had on the reload today um they're waiting on another election cycle and when they have everything they will pack the court and stamp or stomp so the fight for 2a is about elections and specifically ballots i mean it's getting late into the show i don't know if you guys want to throw anything on that but I appreciate the topic and that's something that you know ideally i would have this show and it would become like the art bell show where people know that it's overnight and let's say that it was an institution where people knew i was alive and we they knew we were talking 2a every night at midnight eastern if people were to show up like intentionally just like they do on the overnight shows except instead of talking about entertainment we're going to talk 2a and people down a couple of coffees and they stay up a little bit later and they join me. That's the kind of conversation I'd like to have, you know, on how do we, what do we do today to prevent something like that? Or what do we do today that in the eventuality that something like that happens, you know, we're prepared. Oh, DJ's got to go do something. Yeah. DJ jumped out, I think. And like I say, it's kind of late, but, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I appreciate the comment and I don't know if you want to riff on that. Feel free. It's an interesting question. I'm not real sure. I don't think you want to wait until it happens to fight that battle so much as try to, you know, stage a defensive front before it ever gets to that point. And that's, you know, to get people informed and get people to the polls. I think that's how you fight that, because once it's done, it's kind of difficult to run interference at that point. 
and that's a constant battle. We we go through this with every election. You know, we try to get people interested in voting, try to try to explain to them it matters, but that's got to be ingrained in people's every election. Every political office could affect decisions that are made down the road and stuff like that. So none of them are insignificant. And there's like, uh, what do you call like the, the aspect where like, it's like chess or something. So like, no matter what the result of the election, it's going to influence the next elections and like the Trump thing that one way or the other, but now we have these judges and that's consequences. So sometimes it's not even like an immediate consequence or like an obvious consequence. Right? Just remember, you don't win a game of chess with your kings and queens. You win it with your pawns. So you got to build a good base to start with. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I don't know if I've heard that one before. I like that. Is that from something? No, it's just from experience playing chess. You can't just give away your pawns. Your pawns are the key to getting set up to win. So strategic use of, you know, the first eight men on the board determines whether or not you're going to win or lose most of the time. So we used to, when I was in sixth grade, they taught everybody in class how to play chess. We had one whole period where we'd do nothing but play chess. And it was interesting. I don't know if they teach kids that anymore, but, uh, you know, using strategy and stuff like that is important in a lot of things in life. Sorry, I mean, peanuts again. It's sort of like um, the book, The Five Rings. I think chess is analogous. Is that right? Whatever we're doing. It's, it's, you can apply the lessons of chess to so many other things, right? That I think they'll always do oh, yeah. chess. Mm hmm. At least I hope they will, but I mean, it's lasted through centuries, so I'm thinking that's because it's timeless. Yeah, I think so. Well, it's better to eat peanuts when DJ's in here, so the user doesn't left hanging. Sorry about that. <laughs> It's like, all right. Uh, they're addictive. They're all salty. And I'm like, oh, I can just eat another handful real quick. And then it's like, nope, then because stop talking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we gotta hurry up. It's almost impossible. It's like the cracker thing or something. Eat trying to eat peanuts while you're podcasting. It's almost possible. Well, that's why I don't keep peanuts in the house. I mean, I used to buy them, you know, the big jars and stuff for dry roasted peanuts, but the problem is I can't stay out of them. So no, exactly. I, I tend not to buy things that I tend to overeat. So consequently, there's not a whole lot of snack food in my house that keeps me honest because there's nothing to eat. <laughs> no, I hear you. That's what I'm trying to. I should be doing too. Uh, these are the. I don't call them snack food because they're healthy. <laughs> well, there's worse things you could eat for sure. But... Yeah, exactly. Except for when you go to the store and buy the tube of like, uh, what do you call them? Salt, honey, or when I, not honey roasted, but uh, uh, dry roasted, or? yeah, I think yeah. they just call them dry roasted things, yeah. But the ones from uh, 
oh what is it big lots i don't know if you've ever gotten that they make like uh like a giant pringles container essentially of them from uh big lots and like a big cardboard container hmm. and uh <clears throat> super oily compared to most of the other ones out there so every once in a while i'll be like oh, i'm gonna buy those most of the time though i try to buy unsalted ones and for me at least eating unsalted ones isn't like uh snack like that's more like i want to eat something i want something that's a little bit substantial and chew on some peanuts you know get something what's the word like you know you eat it and you got some flavor in your mouth for a bit you know it's like you know something more than just uh one or two bites or whatever but you don't have to eat a bunch of it anyway so i, I get the unsalted ones yeah i could see fun. that because mm -hmm. the salt in peanuts just makes you want to eat more so if it doesn't yeah. have that factor in it then it becomes more of a just enough to satisfy your appetite at the time. So Yeah, it gives you some flavor, at least for me. If I'm just snacking, I'm just looking for something to eat, something to have some flavor in the mouth. Anyway, so uh, sorry about that. I was eating them when uh, you guys were both in here. Now they're done. So uh, I guess talking more about messing with the elections, I guess I was thinking of it more of just the long-term strategy, long-term plays and i think that's something that i don't know when it was now in the i think been in the 90s again probably after reading book of the five rings enough times like a lot of things you read it the first couple of times and it's just words and then you start to apply it to your experiences and you're like oh wait a minute and then you start to apply it to even more experiences as you get older and you're like whoa wait a minute this thing this thing applies on so many different levels and then you know a couple of decades later it's still applying to even bigger things and then you start to maybe that's one of the reasons the book exists is because it starts to show you the repeating patterns and the, the cycles that you know you, as you get older you start to see these cycles or just you know it's all the same things just bigger and bigger so anyhow when you get into all of that um i guess uh i can understand the um the frustration with all of this uh, um, stuff that's going on, but I don't know if there's a but. You know, what are you going to do about it? You can give up or you can keep going. I don't think that it's as dire as any of the news sources will say, and I think there's probably always more to it than any of them are going to be aware of. But it's always been like that, and it'll always be like that. Right? We have a complicated system, and it's never going to be just perfect and be balanced there. And everybody's going to go, you know what? Now we agree that it is like this. I think the best thing we can do is uh, have goals to work towards and, and be aware of when we're uh, getting success or failures towards those. And anyway. So uh, I guess I'm rambling. It is three hours in and we started this thing in the middle of the night. But again, I appreciate the insight on that one. And I don't know what the 27 is. What is that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we had a comment up on the screen or something. Or Oh, I think that was the only other thing I was going to ask Gizzard. So I had asked the um, AI this morning or this last night uh, the the beginning of this description of this video. Are you ready to talk 2A tonight? Are you prepared to 2A this year? Will you 2A long-term? 
because I didn't know what would happen if I typed that into AI. And what I got is the weird description of this video. Um, um, reading the description here to see if there's anything to ask you from it. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. I guess it really just says a bunch of words. The third paragraph is just like reiterating words to say words because that's what the robot does. It just got caught in a loop and just said the same words over and over, I think. Um, nah, there's really nothing good out of this. I was trying to salvage something, but sometimes the robot fails us and I believe it failed us this time. Um, but I mean, I couldn't think anybody who's doing more talking about 2A. When you first started doing this, however many shows ago, um, obviously you couldn't have imagined where you're going. Do you look forward at all when you're doing these shows? Do you think about where you're at in the big scheme of things or where you might take it? Or do you think of it as like a path or do you think of it as a, like a roller coaster track where about to see what's next or do you it evolves i mean it evolves each each week and each month depending on what's going on in the world and stuff like that what you're going to talk about and stuff like that uh it's never going to be a consistent thing and i think that's part of what makes it interesting is we never know what the state of the times is going to be any given week you know what's what's important to talk about, what's digestible, you know, what's on people's minds. And I think you want to be topical somewhat in order to keep viewers interested. You want to talk about what they want to talk about, but you don't want to regurgitate the same thing everybody else is. That's a kicker, is there's literally hundreds of shows each week. You don't want to basically redo the same show somebody else just did two days ago. So you want to try to be unique. That's not always possible. It's interesting. And I wonder if that's, it makes me think of like a Mandelbrot set or something, you know, like the idea of like a, of similarly repeating infinitely deep, like pattern or something. And, and it's sort of like, uh, you know what I mean? Those like spirals and stuff when those, those math patterns or whatever they are. And, uh, you know, if you try to do something similar but not the same, then you're going to see, like, you know, similar but not exactly the same type of uh, cycles or spirals or whatever. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, I try to now, keep in – oh, I was just going to say I try to keep in mind, uh, you know, my panel's going to be discussing whatever the topics are. Is it going to be enough to keep them – busy discussing for the better part of an hour or do i need more topics less topics sometimes you think you've got something that's really interesting it turns out to be fully digested in 10 minutes and then you're left kind of spinning your wheels <laughs> yeah like oh I'll, I'll have like two spare topics and then you barely you know you go through them in five minutes and you needed five spare topics and then right. other times you have five spare topics and yeah, you dig in, you never even need a second one. Yeah, sometimes you got to think on your feet when that happens. It's like, uh-oh, 
we're going to have dead air if I don't get us directed in another direction real quick. So. I mean, and a lot of times, a lot of times you take cues from the text chat or you'll take cues from one of the other panelists, you know, uh, you know, here's somewhere we might want to go with this, you know, and stuff like that. And you got to be able to shift gears sometimes. And sometimes you have to basically try to corral the discussion back on topic when it tends to drift. So it's uh, not always that easy. And, uh, you know, some, some of my shows are better than others. I'll be the first one to admit. <laughs> there are good ones. There's duds. I think we I've done this twice now, but we were going to chat this week about content creation and now i'm going to change it to next week because i'll try to remember now and make the dang video um but that you know two and a half hour three hours in now that made me think of a couple of questions to ask you as somebody who's been creating content for a while so i'll try to throw it out there but not necessarily you can answer it whenever like in the future or something but you know as far as you know, you create content and then at some point you figure out, oh, okay, I'm doing something like in your case, contributing to the community with a consistent live, like hosting a consistent live conversation. And then people know to, that they can tune into that because it's consistent, you know, and then that becomes an element in a lot of people's online experience, right? And then over mm -hmm. time, that becomes a foundational chunk of like a lot of people's like they go online and Gizzards' conversations are like a big element, you know, like at least a fifth or more of their time online. And I'm wondering at some point, you as the host, driver, you know, captain of that ship or whatever, start making different decisions than when you first started, right? So that would be an interesting conversation to have. But without getting into all of that, we're three hours in, I can leave some of that hanging for future shows and for people to think about for their own selves and for the shows that you watch. And when Gizzard and I do talk, maybe I'll remember to bring that up. But um, I think I figured it out what 27 is. Uh, we have a poll going right now, and I have a question in the poll for people oh. who are paying attention to gun stuff. You'd know what the question was. But for everybody else in the world, it just says, which state will be number 27? <laughs> And then it says Nebraska, South Carolina, and Louisiana. And yeah, if you're not a gun person paying attention to the news specifically this morning, then you, yeah, this makes no sense. So this is um, in regards to constitutional carry. Uh, Florida this morning signed, or the governor of Florida signed constitutional carry in Florida, which made it the 26th state to have done so. And that's a significant thing because we have 20, 50 states. So that swung the balance to the majority of the states allow anyone who's able to own legally a firearm can carry that firearm, period. And uh, the next state after this is either going to be Nebraska, which pretty much everybody figures it will be, or maybe Louisiana or South Carolina. And that's what we were asking is if anyone... Really, I was just kind of putting it out there in case someone knew something that I don't know. If they would tell me about what's going on in Louisiana or South Carolina. But otherwise, most people figure it's going to be Nebraska because they're, uh, they have been and they are, again, efforting for this initiative. And they've been more successful this time around, or at least as successful as they have been. Uh, and then where are we from? DJ was from Nebraska. 
Panhandle State, but we let him join the show. He jumped out of here, probably some kind of panhandle business. Uh, and then Gizzard is in a decent state that's shaped like a decent shape of rectangle. And then I'm from Arizona, another state that for the most part is decently shaped, except for some craziness down by the bottom. Um, and we can't judge states that are next to a river. When we're adjacent to a river, that's not our fault that the one side looks all crooked and weird because that's the river's fault. But anyway, we're all from uh, all over the country. Let's see, gunmetal. I want to say the state of Tejas, uh, Gunswater. Do you know where Gunswater's from? I'm gonna I just do not. Missouri. I'm going to say Missouri. Hillbilly? I think Missouri. that's right. Hillbilly's from Missouri. Love? Uh, where would huh. chefs be? Probably Pennsylvania. <laughs> I was making that up. DJ, we already said, and Roy. Yeah, I love to Chiefs also said he was in Missouri. So earlier oh, in the chat, okay. I went back and looked. Oh, okay, thanks. So yeah, people usually all over the country and uh, sometimes internationally. Let's see, we've had people from Norway, uh, people from Israel, people from England. Oh, wait a minute. I don't know which one of England's it is. Might have been, ugh, I don't know what all the England countries are, but I know from that island chain. Um, Jamaica. Remember that dude from Jamaica that would pop in quite a bit? Uh, that mm. was fun. Uh, we've had people from Mexico. Mexico. Um, Spain. I know we've had other Europe's. Have we had, oh wait, have we had China and Japan and stuff like that? Uh, New Zealand and Australia. Australia quite a bit actually, quite a number of people that I'm thinking about. Just one person that I can think of from New Zealand, but a couple of people from. Yeah. I know who you're talking oh, about. Oh, I remember one time we had somebody from North, no, sorry, South Korea. It was like a barracks or something. And where was John 12 Gage? Wasn't he from overseas too? Like mm -hmm. Austria or something like that, I think. I was going to say that seemed more like a Europe name, if I remember. Sometimes I would go for a long time and then they would say something like, you know, because when you're typing, there's no accent. You can't tell from typing half the time unless they say like mobile all the time. And then you're like, wait a minute, what are you calling that? You're calling a cell phone or mobile phone? Now we know where you're from. But uh, I think there might have that. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, we've had quite a few people from around the world uh, over the years. And then when you get people that are deployed, it's tough to say, you know, because they're sometimes uh, listening from all over also. And, you know, you know show, up, show up as or identify as or, you know, have any interest in 
responding, let's say, you know what I mean? Like they're not going to necessarily respond if they're following from being deployed somewhere. Or even able to at that point, I have an idea. All right, three hours in, I'm calling it. So we're going to call it short tonight. We're going to do just a three hour show. Um, here would be the goal. Uh, to do a long format show every evening. So we're working on getting some sponsors for the show. Not working like every single day, every single second, but I am spending out, spending some efforts every week to put out some feelers, trying to get some people who want to support what we're trying to do here. And like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, we do have some goals. We've been doing the show for 1,526 episodes and uh, going through eras or stages of just phoning it in and being less interested and more interested. And at this point, um, I've got a lot of stuff to share. I would like to keep people motivated, I do value your voices. And I appreciate the people that uh, participate in the online conversations. It lets us keep a finger on the pulse of each other's um, like awareness and interest and activity level. It's uh, um, I don't know. Let me ask Gizzard. What what is it? If you don't mind me asking, at three hours into a chat in the middle of the night, unprovoked, what is it about the online conversations? I mean, of all the people in the world, I could ask. I'm guessing you have some interest in this. You've spent so much time in them. What is it about these online live conversations that you value that you find so interesting to have spent so much time with them? Well, the fact that you can. And Guns and Water says Pennsylvania, okay. Uh, you can just kind of, you can get a pulse of what's going on and you can you can provide feedback. That's the greatest thing. When you're out there in the text chat, you can actually ask questions or answer questions. You can be part of the show. So I think it's kind of like a conversation like, in this case, you and I are having a conversation, and the people out in the audience they can they can contribute too, even if they aren't on the panel themselves. They're still part of the show because they can provide feedback out there. So it's a place to hear and be heard, and to a lot of people, that's it. Plus, you know, long format stuff like that allows them to maybe have a little bit of companionship they might not otherwise have and be able to spend some time actually talking about subjects they're interested in and they can't get straight answers from the media that's out there, which I, we all know that problem. If you're going to get 2A news, you're not going to get it from CNN, NBC, CBS, Fox, or anybody else. Uh, if you want to listen to real people talk about it, then that's where you're going to hear the issues really being discussed. So I think that's the value of a, a long-form live conversation like that. Plus, you have the time to, especially in a format like this, to go in deep on a subject. And then if that subject comes to an end, you can branch off to something else. So... I've been, you know, I watch as many as, I watch far more than I actually put on myself. So, you know, I watch several, several different people's programs out there in the audience. And 
I enjoy a variety of things related to the 2A, you know, to discussions about particular guns, to 2A issues, and everything else. So just kind of a way to consume content and be part of the discussion. Appreciate that. I like to say, asking you off the cuff, like in the middle of the night after a long conversation. But um, I agree with you, and I'm going to throw in there, as you were saying that, it made me think, you know what this is in a lot of ways? Modern day CB radio, or it's like modern day ham radio, you know, because it's even longer distance. But, you know, a couple of people are chatting. A lot of people are listening. It's not like, you know, important. It's not, you know, it's distracting, I guess. You know, I should say it's like, you know, there for people who are maybe milking cows for something, something to listen to. It's not the prepared, you know, it's just real. And what you're getting is, you know, let's say two people are sitting on CB radio talking about the restaurant down the street. You know, you know, you could listen to a commercial about the restaurant, what that's going to tell you. You can listen to, I don't know, like uh, some recipe from the rest of, from the kitchen or from the restaurant. Like, what's that going to tell you? That might give you some insight as to their menu and their, their mindset or whatever. But two people talking on the CB about the restaurant? or two people talking on the CB about the meeting they had at the restaurant. And in the conversation they bring up and like, Oh, those two potatoes were delicious. You know, like that's an authentic understanding of the potatoes at that place that no commercials ever going to be able to push at you. You know, they can tell you the potatoes are great all day long, but two people having a real conversation and then saying something about, you know what I mean? You gain something, some knowledge about that restaurant and maybe it's not, the potatoes at that restaurant maybe it's something about a political thing maybe it's something about you know how to save money on fuel or something like you know it's something else but having two people or a couple of people having a conversation that others are aware of that's that soapbox thing that's that first amendment right to gather the first amendment it's kind of press i guess because technically to some level there's like kind of a press level to it but it really i think it's more the soapbox and the the, the rally, the gathering, the getting people together so that they can all be in the room listening to the couple of people having the loud conversation, debate, you know, whatever it might be, just storytelling. You know, mm -hmm. two people storytelling or reminiscing about something in front of a room of people that are, you know, having a good time, enjoying the evening, and then on, you know, being part of that and then being caught up to date, you know, like two people in a tavern talking about uh, travels. That's like bringing everybody on those travels to some extent. So it's that same kind of thing with the CB, you know, two people talking about what happened at the rally or what happened at the testimonial. Those two people share the information, but all those other people are aware and they know the significance and the importance. And then all those people can go to a gun shop and talk about the testimonials. And now all those gun shop owners know about the testimonials and then they're at the, again, the tires changed and those people know about the testimonials, right? It's that distribution of information that, you know, on the radio, you have to have a radio, you have to be listening. You've had to been part of the conversation or know that the conversation is taking place out here it's all that same ability or layers but it's you know, putting it down with some keywords on a giant platform in front of people and we're seeing people right now casually walking up and finding it 
who knows once this turns into a video how many people are going to find it you know it could be dozens and dozens of people that's true but anyway i do appreciate it thanks for answering the question in the middle of the night let me ramble a little bit and thanks everybody for joining us I mean, it's always a good show when we can go for a while it's just, i really enjoy it especially when the coffee kicks in uh, i didn't I probably have a couple of projects I'm ditching, but uh, it was a pleasant distraction from whatever I am ditching right now. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to be doing calendars tomorrow, I believe, because it's the first of the month or close to it. And I like to keep up on the calendars. They uh, give us some awareness of where we come from with the history. They give us respect for whose shoulders we stand on, again, for the history and for the kind of the almanac stuff, the, the um, anniversaries of things that are important or were, were difficult to obtain. We're talking about constitutional carry. We talk about open carry. All these laws were consequences of a bunch of effort, a bunch of awareness, and a bunch of um, uh, work on people's behalf, or people's you know, behalf, uh, you know, in the past. So we do our best to uh, maintain calendars online that have that information. And since that doesn't happen magically, we have to go in and compare a database of facts with the calendar that actually displays it or distributes it out there. Since I got to do all that stuff anyway, once in a while, I figure might as well go live and uh, do that stuff live as a sort of a workshop. So that's what we'll do tomorrow is we'll update the calendars. There's events that uh, the big events from 2023 that have been updated so we can monitor and, and kind of edit or add, uh, edit, what's the word, update some of those events that might already be in our list. And I keep finding events all the time. People send them to me, but I also find events just, you know, being on Instagram or something, I'll see somebody remarking about some event that's coming up. And if it's not already in the calendar, one of the reasons we do the calendar is to share that kind of stuff so that people have as much heads up as possible. And then once the events happen, to archive them. Because often you have a conversation about something and you're thinking, where was NRA show 2014? Well, the more websites that are out there that remember that and share that, the more likely it is that we can just, you know, we'll just find the answer and move on with our conversation and just not have to retain it but know that it's out there and that's one of our goals is to create sites and places out there that that store that data anyway so we're going to do that during the show tomorrow wednesday we got a tactical quiz thursday i thought i had an idea of what we're going to do i just can't think of it right now and on fridays we wrap up the week we do that right after some other dude hosts a live conversation maybe gizzard could tell us something about that uh, yeah, Friday night, uh, Foul Territory, it's two-hour uh, live stream, uh, 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. i uh, love to have you there, and thanks for the invite. Appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us. We'll wrap it up with a commercial for our store. i tell you what, we got that machine. I've done one million stitches already, playing with the machine, kind of figuring out some materials and some old designs and essentially stretching the muscles, getting the, uh, the software and the, I don't know what to call that, like just, you know, the, the figuring out what the software says on the screen and what it comes out as the machine. 
what comes out of the patch machine. So uh, I haven't counted them, but there's a bunch, a bunch of patches over here. So the people that made that happen are going to get what's coming to them. And whatever's left over is going to Patreon. They'll get what's coming to them. And then I'll have time to start making new patches. So stay tuned to our store. Go grab stuff now. Uh, the, the stuff that's over there now uh, is available and will come with all kinds of free patches. And as time goes on, I'll be adding even more and more. Actually, I've got something. I'm glad you joined in here because you're now thinking about that. I had a question to ask you. I won't ask you live. But uh, as soon as I run the commercial here, uh, we'll be over. And let's see. We just talked about what Gizzard's got going on later on in the week. Tomorrow is Tuesday. That means me and Clover will be going live to talk about Gun Channel's coaching in the morning. And tomorrow, She Fires asked us to talk about staying out of like YouTube jail or community service violations and stuff like that. Like how to avoid some of the pitfalls that the uh, social platforms or the different systems will, uh, I don't want to say create, but you know, have uh, for people who aren't paying attention. We'll help you pay attention to that stuff. Then Barbecue has a show later in the day. Ghost has a show. Out of Gold Auctions probably has an auction going. Night Strike will do hit or miss. And then we'll be back at midnight. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. Oh, sorry. At the end here, we did get... Oh, where'd my mouse go? We did get a request. For more pug, so one last pug pet, and then it's over.